Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Phil Drysdale Show. This episode, we have my good friend, Ollie Hall, who is a pastor of a church who has gone through deconstruction and is still pastoring. Very rare scenario. And uh, I thought it'd be really interesting talking to Ollie, talking about how he goes about that process and also how he's gone about the process of remarkably losing very few people in his congregation as well. Um, And so I think it'll be a really interesting conversation. So let's dive in and hear what Ollie has to say. Ollie, man, I'm really, really glad to have you on. I'm really excited. I think you're one of the more unique people we've got on the show. I've I've had some pastors, as I've told you, but I've not had any pastors that have managed to keep pastoring. (laughs) They very (laughs) frequently seem to spiral out of control in one way or another. Um, Could you maybe give yourself a little bit of an introduction so people kind of know who you are, what you do, what you're about? And we'll get into a bit more depth in that as we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so basically, uh, my name's Ollie, and I am currently pastoring Hemsworth Christian Fellowship. It's a small uh, fellowship in West Yorkshire. I take it there are people from various they are countries. More, who... more in America than anywhere, actually. So oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Even West so Yorkshire might need a location. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's in England. So Hemsworth is a small uh, ex-mining community um, in West Yorkshire, uh, the greatest county in England. Uh, sorry, Phil. Um, no, that's fine. I'm Scottish. I perfectly agree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you'd said Britain, we'd have had to get the boxing gloves on. But yeah, yeah. So I've been uh, doing that for just over. I think I started in. Uh, it's a funny story, actually. Do you want the story of how I came to be a pastor? Oh, absolutely. We were going to go into that one way or another. So let's do it. Right. So uh, I've been doing it for about eleven years now, just over eleven years, and. Um, me and a friend were, when we were growing up, we used to be together in the church. We're best friends now. I was best man at my wedding, and we used to do a bit of evangelism in the church and, you know, that kind of thing. And we both said, you know, we'll do anything for God, but we will not be pastors. We'd seen the kind of pain that pastors go through, <laughs> church splits galore, and this, that, and the other. So we both said, we will never, ever be pastors. And, uh, and then, cut a long story short, um, I was kind of, uh, I've been in the church here since 2000 and uh, I'd done various bits and bobs and different jobs. Uh, I came to the church through a, after a period of real illness mm. and uh, and so did lots of different types of jobs, janitor and treasurer and this, that and the other. And uh, But always, no way, never wanted to be a pastor whatsoever. Mm. And then uh, one day, uh, we had a, a couple come to visit the church and do an evening meeting and uh, halfway through they kind of uh, came to see me and my wife and just said this is a strange word from the Lord I have for you <laughs> and, I'm just like, oh, yeah. uh, and it has come after a period of unemployment as well which I can talk about later um, and I was just waiting for God to give me the next direction and uh, yeah. this person came up and said I just see you and your wife as a kind of king and queen dressing other kings and queens and I thought, now bearing in mind, I've been waiting for like seven months for God to say something to me about what next. Right. I thought, well, gee, thank you. That's a bit vague, isn't it? Perfectly you know? specific words. You know exactly yeah, what to Yeah, thank you next. for that. Yeah. <laughs> king and queen dressing other kings and queens, whatever. And so I went to bed. Anyway, I came down the next morning and uh, Jenny was sat in the chair, which you can't see. She was sat in the chair there and I'm in a coffee. And I just came in. And for no apparent reason, I just said, are you ready to start pastoring the church? And then, what have you just said? This is ridiculous. And anyway, about literally half an hour later, we had a phone call from the then pastor. And he mm. said, oh, 
me and my wife would like to take you and Jenny out for a coffee. We've got something to discuss with you. <laughs> mm. You can guess what comes. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we feel it's time for us to step down and we really feel that, you know, Father's saying that you are the, the guys to take things forward. Wow. Well, if Anne's had that moment of, are you, are you ready? You know, I, I'd have said no straight away because I didn't want to do it whatsoever. Yeah. But, and part of it was just to, to honour them. You know, they, the previous pastor, a real spiritual father to me. Right. Uh, took me through some deep stuff, uh, healing-wise, you know, um, from all of my emotional baggage, etc. And um, and I kind of wanted to honour him as a father and release him into whatever he wanted to do. So, yeah, it wasn't my first choice of things to do. Wow. But I kind of just had this heart, really, to be a son to to him and to, you know, release him into... Because he'd have been trapped like I am now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you know. So, so that's kind of how the journey started. We said yes. And interestingly enough, if anybody says that God hasn't got a sense of humour, uh, my inauguration, and funnily enough, the guy who I was with, who we both said we're never going to be pastors, we both ended up at different churches being inaugurated on the same day. Wow. April Fool's Day, 2009. <laughs> April the 1st. That's can't hilarious. make it up, can you? That's um, amazing. So what were you doing before you were a pastor? Uh, I began life as a, uh, I've gone to university and done theology, uh, okay. but a kind of, uh, not a, a Bible college, it was a Durham University in England. So okay. it was a sort of secular theology course to, to call it, yeah. uh, whatever. Uh, left there, went and uh, did a spell doing, um, working for a, uh, what do you call it, a, a stationer's company in Cheltenham, but didn't fit in, square peg, round hole. And uh, and then I kept went to teacher training. So okay. trained for a year and then did uh, RE, religious education or religious studies yeah. okay. with a bit of history and uh, French tagged on. So I did that for three years, really loved it, enjoyed it. And then uh, came down with a, uh, a virus, probably not dissimilar to this. It just really wiped me out. And then a week after that, I got uh, tonsillitis. And it was like the two combined mm. would just knock me out completely. And I got what's called chronic fatigue syndrome or ME. Mm. And that basically, I was wiped out for kind of three years and mm. uh, couldn't work, couldn't do anything. Uh, a lot of the time just spent in bed or on sofas. Uh, and then gradually, well, I had a moment of sort of, freedom from that it's funny when you're in the middle of, a, middle of a long illness you can't remember sometimes what it's like to be well yeah so I can't pinpoint the exact point when I started to feel better it just began to I'd have a kind of moment of uh, being prayed for at the front of the church kind of thing uh, and then I just began to work in the church as a volunteer first and then uh, did the janitor's job which is basically everything from cleaning toilets to doing the grounds to whatever needed doing things like that and then the church was given uh, some money to run a, a large community project, which is really the heart of what we're about as a church. Sure. And, uh, and so I began working in that and ended up kind of as treasurer and half managing that one with a team. And, and then that all came to an end in 2008 when I was made redundant. The money mm. was ended. And then I felt Father say, don't look for a job. I've got something for you. Just trust kind of thing. Wow. So... Uh, that was 30th of June, came to an end. So first, I spent the night at church. I was, oh, I was a spiritual man in those days, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> so I said to Jenny and my wife, I said, right, I'm going to spend the whole night at church in wow. prayer. 
and I fasted throughout the night, <laughs> as I do most nights. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm I that spiritual too much through the night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> most of my life, I've fasted every night, Phil. It's great. It's where my power comes from. That's funny. Do you then go and um, break the fast at some point? Yeah, uh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> as early as I can. <laughs> <laughs> so I spent the night at church and I fully expected a phone call at, you know, eight the next morning, you know. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That's, like it, that, yeah. that's got to pay nothing. off the whole night of fasting. Nothing. Next day, nothing. Week later, nothing. Wow. Just trust me, nothing. August came and went, nothing. September, panicked, applied for a job as a teaching assistant. Would have got it, but I went to the school and it just, it wasn't right. You know the feeling, don't mm. you? So, uh September, nothing. October, nothing. November, nothing. Christmas, nothing. January, nothing. And I'm just wow. like, oh. <laughs> uh, And then it was around about February, March, we had this moment of, sure. and, 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 and that was kind of how I ended up doing what I'm doing. So, yeah. so you must have been um, pretty passionate about your faith, though, to be, because what fascinates me is how many, how many people would say, I never want to be a pastor. I, I remember yeah, I'm yeah. a pastor's kid. I said that yeah. like every day of the, my life, you know, like, you know, everyone's yeah. like, oh, you're going to be like your dad. No, hell no. In yeah. every level, right? The bad jokes. Yeah. No, I've got them. Yeah. Now. You know, like, the, you know, I, I'm not going to yeah. be like my dad. No way. Not a pastor. Um, yeah. But then like, you know, you go to Bible college or you go to do yeah. a theology degree. You're like at a university yeah. with like, yeah. I'm sure a hundred plus if not more different kind of like majors you could be studying and you're like i know i'll do theology so you must yeah. have been super into your faith on some level even though you weren't wanting to be a pastor to yeah. be i'm going to spend this period of time three years or whatever studying mm. um theology is, is that fair to say like did you grow up very passionate about your faith no i was i was brought up a methodist okay uh, born and raised and i have uh, it was some of the best years of my life. I was in the boys' brigade and, you know, that sense of community and being together. The faith wasn't a strong element at all. Right. But then uh, when I was 15, uh, my mum died of cancer. Wow. And it was quite a, I'm sorry, but it was quite a shock, in, you know. And uh, and it just kind of, throughout that whole process, it really got me thinking, yeah, I'm going to church, I'm singing these songs, I'm doing this, that and the other. But this is real, you know, yeah. kind of death is real. When you're growing up as a kid, everybody lives forever don't they yeah unless they don't and so suddenly it was a kind of i've got to find out if this god that i'm singing about or learning about is real or not and i've always been one of those kind of people if it's not real i'm not interested right so it was a kind of period of sort of searching reflecting not all the time a lot of it was drinking smoking doing you know this that and the other because yeah. i was really angry as well yeah. really angry inside and um and lost lost little boy uh, for yeah. many many years of my life even after being saved yeah a lost little boy completely and utterly um but but that searching uh, and the prayer all the time was if you're real show me that was mm. it if you're i have to know if you're not real i'm gonna party like there's no tomorrow i'm gonna you know and uh, and so that <laughs> I mean, God's always just done stuff like this with me. So, and then I had a, an encounter with him in a, a pub car park, which mm. is part of the course for me, really. It couldn't have been in a church or a, and uh, I just was sitting in this, in my mate's car. We were about to go uh, clubbing and he said, oh, I've just got to go nip to the loo. And I'm sat there again. And just that kind of question, if you're real, show me. Uh, and I just kind of heard this. It wasn't an audible voice at all. It was just a, more like a picture. And I saw like a toilet being flushed like this and I just knew that that was my life and it was literally going down 
this toil. Mm. I was so angry, so lonely, all of these things. And I just heard this kind of inner voice just say, Ollie, I just want you 100%. That was it. Mm. That was it. Ollie, I just want you 100%. And I said, right, you've got me. That was it. And that was the start of the journey. Yeah. Uh, no, obviously I knew all the Jesus and, and this, that and the other. But it was that moment of, yeah, you've got me. So I was in the car, threw me cigarette out the window. And so, and it was just like something came and filled me. There was some peace came. And, uh, and I've been perfect ever since. It's wonderful. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but that really, so, so from that moment, I was supposed to go and do history at university. I'd applied okay. to Oxford and gone and done all that and uh, gone to the uh, uh, interview and not got in there. Turned out to be probably a, quite a good thing. And then I switched courses in the middle and told all my teachers and my dad, right, I'm going to do theology. He's, oh, wow. he's an atheist. Professor, he wasn't a oh, professing wonderful. atheist. <laughs> um, so obviously that caused a lot of hassle, but yeah. I was just one of the once something's in my head and I know it's right and I know it's right. I just had this feeling, go and do mm. that. So and it all just worked out like that. And then got involved in a a really kind of uh, I don't know if you ever come across them back in the old days. They were called uh, Covenant Ministries, but it was harvest time before that. Okay. It was quite a um I'm trying to think of the term for it. Uh, it used to be known as a sort of heavy shepherding movement, quite right. strict rules. And okay. Bryn Jones, Kerry Jones. I mean, I had a lot of respect for those guys and learned to load. And it just suited me where I was at because mm. I was all yeah. about the evangelism and all about the this. And I was a, I was a nightmare, Phil. I was, was going to say, like, it's not common you come across. We, we've all met you, um, yeah. but very few of us are you. Right? Very few yeah. Christians, no matter how into our faith we are, we're very reluctant evangelists most of the time. Yeah, um, yeah. Mm. And so it's quite rare yeah. you find someone that's all about evangelism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wanted to be Reinhard Bonnke. That was, wow. it, you know, that was the pinnacle. I even, right. I mean, it was so embarrassing. I used to practice his voice, you know. Amazing, amazing. Durham will be saved. Glory to God. <laughs> I, I just, so I was awful. I mean, I mean, you know, thank Thankfully, God's really patient with us, isn't he? And he knew I was not oh, going to be absolutely. like that forever. But I was, yeah, the absolute archetype, fundamentalist, wow. uh, anti-everything apart from my little group. Yeah, um, Everybody's wrong but us. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, you name it. Wow. I was a, a real, uh, really passionate, like you say, hugely passionate. Yeah. Looking back, obviously, you look back and just think, oh, I'd have learned so much more. It's oh so hard not to cringe about your old self, it's, isn't it? And, and you just think, oh, God, the people that I spoke to then, could you retroactively yeah, yeah. go back in time and make them deaf? Yeah. Like, just yeah, block yeah. anything I said. Or, yeah, you know, it's like, absolutely. We just, you wake, you're lying there at bed at night, you just remember one conversation, and you're just like, oh, I'm going to die. I just, yeah. I'm so embarrassed for my oh, past self. Yeah. And you, but the yeah. thing is, it was where you were at then, it helped you yeah. get to where you are now. And it probably yeah. helps other people get to where they need to be. Maybe yeah. some hurts and pains along the way that were maybe not as necessarily as mm. some others. But yeah, yeah, like you said, it's it's kind of what you needed at the time. You clicked with this very yeah. passionate, evang mm. uh, evangelistic, you know, yeah. quite charismatic then with like Terry very, Jones very and these guys. Yeah. It was all, you know, the, the full gifts of the spirit, prophecies, Bible weeks, all of that. And, mm. uh, and some amazing things, you know, don't get me wrong, uh, yeah. but quite controlling. Of, sure. of lives etc and, and I think I've always had that rebellious streak to me uh, my mum was very much like that she was a very free thinker radical and uh, she's passed a lot of that on to me which is perhaps 
where I am where I am today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, but at the same time, there was that, that bit of me that, that, that feared rejection so much that I had to be the good little boy and fit in with the sure like a chameleon Christian, you know, fit yeah. in with the group. I mean, learn their language, learn their ways. Yeah. And, uh, and anybody who didn't, I'd always see as a bit rebellious and a bit, yeah. but secretly think, mm, I like that. That kind of controlling environment feeds on that, it feels like as well. It kind of, it, it, it lures, I don't even mean is a, I don't mean to say that the people at the top of that, the people in charge, mm. leaders are, are insidiously, um, intentionally no. doing that. But I just think Not the system all, no. that's there mm. seems to attract people that are maybe, um, wanting to fit in needing to fit yeah. in needing mm. to be approved off or whatever which we all do to some degree yeah, or another yeah. anyway mm. don't we never mind yeah. when you add any hurts or pains along the way that oh yeah turn that mm. up to a hundred percent or whatever but it does feel like i just i read a book recently i can't remember what it's called and it was about the shepherding movement and it was about a church in northern ireland i can't remember what it's called if i remember i might put a link to it in the show notes for people that are listening it was really yeah. interesting but talking about some of the dynamics of that shepherding movement of, of how you reported to your your shepherds and they had a shepherd mm. and it kind of all was very it's like a multi-level marketing scheme in the church yeah. you know it was mm. it was really fascinating mm. um and it just it, it just strikes me when you read through it you go gosh if i was a very narcissistic manipulative mm. whatever person this would be a legit oh. thing to get into oh you could yes. really thrive in this and, <laughs> yeah, I, and yeah. i'm sure some yeah. people are but i, I know that a lot of people aren't and they just that's the system mm. they're in and, and it just works that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so you kind of like naturally found yourself kind of gravitated into this system um, yeah, as something very you find approval and uh, yeah. especially if it played to you, maybe your strengths, you're a very big people Absolutely. person. Yeah. You know, if they value a lot of that good at getting out there and speaking to people and getting people, you know, oh, this yeah. is where you can thrive. I was the golden boy that was, you know, mm. and always, always kind of had to be a very, very performance based all my life up to that point. Wow. I mean, you know, through my upbringing, I had to be the best at, at not sport, obviously, <laughs> but to go <laughs> intellectually. And then you, you just, you just generally bring from your childhood experiences and put those onto God. So I just assumed that yeah. God wanted me to be the best and didn't mm. tolerate failure very well. And, and all of those kind of things. So it, yeah. uh, you had to work hard in that system, though, too. And, and and in the God system that I had in my head, I had to work yeah. very hard to please Him. And and so it's like a roller coaster. Church life becomes a roller coaster. Mm. So, oh, I've preached a good sermon and people responded to it. Oh, just oh, this is great. And then next minute, off, oh, not read my Bible for a, a day or an hour, or you know, I'm back to I'm back. Then. So it's like this roller coaster of uh, mm, highs and lows. Yeah. Mm. Which, yeah, I, I think that's a very, I mean, very few Christians listening to this or, or people that have gone through Christianity listening to this will not be able to kind of yeah. click with that. Yeah. I think we've all kind of been through that up and down and up and down. Yeah. You go to the conference, you go to the meeting, you yeah, have yeah. your big moments or God speaks to you in your quiet yeah. time, but then you watch porn four hours yeah. later and you think, yeah. you know, and it's just these yeah. ups or, oh, or like whatever, yeah. the, the bad mm. and the good and the bad and the good. And, that's mm. a tough down, but it's, it is like mm. you know, like we're saying, like if you are a kid that grows up in that environment where your teacher mm. needs you to perform a certain degree, or your parents do, or whatever, yeah, yeah. that can mm. be up and down and up and down and up and down, right? You bring home a good report yeah, card, sure. and they're like, "Great job, so you mm. are! I'm so proud, yeah! Finally, mm. a son that achieves." Yeah. And then <laughs> two hours later, you idiot, what are you doing? And yeah, yeah. everything is forgotten. There's mm. no more any of that report card praise is gone. It's just yeah, trashed. It's like it. we're starting yeah. again and you hate me. Yeah. Um, how can I yeah. climb that ladder again? 
Yeah, um, and we always remember the negative so much, don't so we? You much. know, you can, so that that report card where you did really well, it was great. All that's gone. You, you never, yeah. you never remember that. But the hard words, the harsh words, the punishing words—they're the ones that seem to live Stick, forever in your head. They? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've I've done it with people that message me. I've tried to I try and like screenshot their nice messages and put them in a file somewhere. Uh, yeah. because honestly I, I get loads of nice things said and i'm sure as yeah. a pastor you get loads of people saying nice things you forget it you do yeah. it's in out one ear maybe yeah. doddles in the head for about an hour or so maybe yeah. out yeah. the other and then one person out yeah. of a hundred people saying nice things gives yeah. you one kind of crit and it just eats yeah. at you for days absolutely and it doesn't go anywhere yeah. i can pull that thing up four <laughs> years later you know yeah, um, yeah. what yeah. is that eh? that's, yeah that's some psychology screwy stuff that right there it's, 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 yeah. <laughs> wow. yeah we've seen program for that don't we sometimes funny we just did something on sunday about that there's sort of three good things so at the end of the day you know just think of three good things three mm. things you did well three things you enjoyed and that counteracts i suppose yeah you know the one negative thought that you will dwell on before you go to bed and <laughs> yeah. everything's doom and gloom so. that's good my wife does that with me a lot we go to bed right, and i'm yeah. like oh i just feel a bit crap today she's like, right what are yeah, the three yeah. things yeah. that you liked and i'm like oh. yeah yeah what are three things you think <laughs> yeah, are great yeah. about yourself and it's like the, the day is over you know i'm, I'm just I'm, i've got myself so low that i'm like <laughs> yeah. I, I can lose consciousness now that is the yeah. highlight of yeah. my day <laughs> like, i've yeah. survived yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. Um, during lockdown me and the wife we used to celebrate just getting to lunchtime sometimes I tell you. we've made it the, da the days are dragging <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that's why I've been filming so many podcasts just to get through, you know, just yeah, keep, yeah, keep a few hours rolling to. on. Yeah, so yeah. you're in this this environment. You're you're somewhat thriving in this environment, it, mm. but it is it's a shepherding. It's quite controlling. Were mm -hmm. you? Did you see any of that, or were you quite blind to it in the in the kind of season when you were I thriving? Was in totally it? blind to it, really. Yeah. You know, um, and I'd say, and it was kind of it was always portrayed as the people who disagreed. Um, was, and I kind of were seen as rebellious, and so they were kind of almost labelled as that. Yeah. And I, I kind of, I suppose, towards the end of my time there, I, you know, perhaps I began to express opinions on things or slightly different from the leadership. So I would probably be seen as a little bit rebellious towards the end. And then there's that battle between, well, they must be right because they are the pastors yeah. or they're they have to be right and if they always portray themselves as right there's that kind of pedestal that mm. and it's not intentional like you said you know they're always from the best motive and if you have a a belief that um you're going to be answering for the behavior of your flock at the end of the day then yeah well you're terrified it's a natural People reaction to go off the beaten narrow path so you'll do everything yeah. to make sure they kind of stay in the confines of yeah. what your interpretation of scripture is or your behavioral rules or your cultural behavior uh and so that's, it's, it's not their fault. Yeah. That's the thing. So it's, what, what started to pull you out of that, you know, as, as you kind of got to that end stage, what was it that kind of well, moved you on? Partly, well, I, when I left university, I, I came to my home, back to my hometown and got involved in a small community church, the same one that my friend was in, who is now pastoring right, that. Okay. And that was a lovely family church, very grace filled and, uh, um, not certainly it was a far cry and they'd already been out of that movement for a number of years now so they'd experienced it all so it was a very different flavor i'd also and this is the funny thing so the kind of journey to really encountering i've just found over my life that it's it's those experiences of, of god's love that have really been the setting free 
things. Those, for me personally, mm. uh, the experience of, of uh, love, unconditional love that's really uh, brought me to these places. And they've been over the years, loads. But what kind of tended to happen was I'd have a real experience, but because of the environment I was in, it kind of dissipated into nothing after a bit because mm. I wasn't strong enough to say, hang on a minute, this experience I've just had does not weigh up with what you're telling me yeah. about God. So back in 91, I went away on a, uh, an evangelism thing <laughs> uh, with uh, YWAM to inner city Birmingham and okay. uh, brilliant two weeks. And uh, <clears throat> again, fantastic, load of us kids out on the streets of Birmingham. And, and I went in there glibly praying because I was, I was the man. Do you know what I mean? I was God's man for this hour. I was going to save Birmingham. That's <laughs> quite funny when you look back, Phil, in a sad way. But when I got there, we're kind of walking around on about the sort of first day, I was praying this prayer, and uh, turns out to be probably the most dangerous prayer I've ever prayed. Um, oh, show me what you feel about these people, Father. I want your heart. Mm. You know, I don't want to just come and tell your message. What's your heart? What do you feel about these people? I felt good about that prayer. Yeah. Anyway, about four or five nights later, it just gave me a glimpse. And we'd been out and about, and then we'd seen these lads taking some drugs, and then we came back in the van, and one of them was just literally lying in the gutter. And I don't know what it was, but I just, in that moment, I looked at this little lad lying there, and it just, I broke. I mean, that's, mm. And I must have sobbed my heart out. I could, it, was only, it was like a werewolf going off, honestly. And I just didn't care what anybody thought of me. I couldn't. It was, and all I could, I was just wailing at the top of my voice. He loves them so much. They just don't know. He loves them so much. He just don't know. He loves them so much and they need to get saved. Otherwise they're going to hell. Mm. It was just, he loves them so much and they just don't know. And it was just this incredible glimpse of father's heart for yeah. his kids. And I'm talking about not his Christian, you know, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. for me, God. for his world, his people, his creations, mm. his kids. And, and that was a real foundation, just tasting that incredible yeah. grace and love uh probably for the first time really but then going back into an environment where that isn't allowed to flourish as much sure there's there is the clause added it's like yes yes he does love his kids yeah which are the ones who say a prayer or you know yes. the, the little yeah. amendment or whatever yeah but 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 he he doesn't love them enough to stop them going to hell completely and you know and all mm. this all these little subtexts that over the years now and then it so got back to university and then it was back into the stream of things back to and you you kind of filter your experience so same yeah. with the prophecy into you know somebody once said oh my life uh, oh I said you're going to be an evangelist that was what kicked me off on the Reinhard Bonnke route and instantly you filter it through what you know don't you yeah so yeah. I, I was going to be in stadiums preaching to hundreds of thousands because that was what an evangelist did <laughs> yeah. and uh, same with with scripture isn't it same with our experiences of god sometimes or the things he says to us we we interpret them and we uh and they, they come within our culture and within our circumstances and all of those things so it's uh they take a lot of time to so now i can look back and think that's what you were trying to show me yeah that's what you're trying to show me. And oh, if only I'd been brave enough at that time to, to share that and say, well, this doesn't fit with what you're teaching me here. Mm. And what do I do about this? But I wasn't. I wasn't yeah. ready. It wasn't the right time. Yeah. Well, it's and, so much uh, easier to say that with hindsight, isn't it? I mean, how many situations is. do we do that with in life yeah. when yeah. we know that back whenever we're looking, we, we didn't know what was going to happen next. We didn't know how it would fit all no, in. And we didn't it. know that we didn't have to worry about that, that or that because it never happened. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. 
Yeah. It's so and I don't beat myself up over that, yeah. you know, because uh, I, can, I can go back to that moment and, mm. and it can make sense now more than it did then. And, yeah. Uh, so, mm. yeah, I never beat myself up, but... Uh, it's uh, well, that's good because I do. Well, so, <laughs> so right. you're, you're at least a step ahead of me. I'm quite good at beating myself up over those things. <laughs> oh, over other stuff, yeah. Believe you me, <laughs> I'm the heavyweight champion of the world and beating yeah. myself up. <laughs> so yeah, so that was a, uh, I think that really, uh, so it was a foundation in that, and then coming back to uh, my church here, and then to be honest, uh, a big change came. So I'd been. I've been ill for sort of three years mm. and that was really looking back. Of course I prayed and I believe God could heal me and, and well-meaning Christians were giving me words and you know, all of that and, and yeah. bless them. But it was just, father was just doing it. I think really letting it happen to take, to unroot, if you like that performance based, because I couldn't do anything. I mean, literally, yeah. I, you know, and, and so it was kind of a, uh, it was just how he did it with me. Yeah. You know, and I would never say, God, I hate it when people say, oh, God, give me an illness. And they say, no, he doesn't do that with his kids. It's just, yeah. I was so performance-based that my body had had enough. That mm -hmm. was it. And Father could easily have said, yeah, bing, here's the magic wands, you're healed. But I wouldn't have learned anything. It wouldn't have, and I'd have gone exactly back to... Yeah. Except this time no, I'm a yeah. healing evangelist because I've had a healing testimony. <laughs> so, so it was, I look back and I'm really thankful now in mm. a, obviously at the time it was shitty yeah and uh um but you know god always looked after us financially throughout it all and jenny was just unbelievably fantastic you know mm. we got married in the middle of it all we had a child in the middle of it all my son toby uh and uh, uh but it, it just helped loosen those roots if you like of performance yeah and then Another big turning point, I suppose, came from me. Just stop me if I'm waffling on. No, this is really there. good. Really good stuff. Oh, is it? Oh, great. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Speak so, a lot to me because, I mean, I've had chronic pain for the last 10 years. So living with chronic pain, I, like, I'm like, I, I see that. And yeah, I was very performative driven. I yeah. still am performative driven. Yeah. God, help me. Um, but it has, it, it's, it's, mm. it's whittled at it. You know, it's, it's, it's caused yeah. me because I don't get the, you don't have the opportunity. So now you go, all right, mm. well, right now, if my value is based on what I do, well, I'm yeah. a bit of a piece of shit right now, yeah, basically, because yeah. yeah. I can't do much. Yeah. And so then Absolutely. you go, okay, so how do I find some value in myself? And you mm. have to go, oh, maybe I just can have value in not yeah. doing everything the best yeah, yeah. way ever or the most things or, yeah. um, and it does yeah. it, it. And I don't, I don't think God's given me some chronic pain. I, 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 no. Whatever that no. looks like or however that works. For me, I'm just like, wow, this is an amazing opportunity that on some levels I'm taking and learning. Mm. On other levels, I'm probably completely not learning the lesson I could be learning right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, but I, I totally agree with you like that. Mm. It, it's, it, I, I can definitely see that doing stuff. You know, the, yeah. any kind of suffering, it forces us to sit and think, doesn't it? It kind of yeah. stops you just following the same rat race, you know, and you yeah. go, well, yeah. what is happening and what is important mm. and why am I like that? And can I be different? Yeah. And that, that's yeah. a positive thing to come out of a really crappy thing for sure. It, it is. Yeah. And, and sometimes, you know, like, you know, God didn't give me mum cancer, you know, but for years I believed he did, mm. you know, and it crippled me because I had this belief that, uh, um, it was like, because it was kind of my mum that was the more performance one, you know, mm, in the family. She was okay. the one that was driving us to succeed, et cetera, et cetera. I loved it a bit. But there was that, in any best motive, she was wanting us to excel as kids. But I kind of, I got into my head, and we do this during times of crisis sometimes, don't we? I got into my head 
because obviously I had my encounter with God after that. So mm. I tried to then fit God into that experience. And, uh, and the best way I could do it at the time was that to make sense of her dying was that God did it because her being alive would have stunted me spiritually and would have prevented me getting to the place where I was now. Believe wow. it or not, that's the theology I invented or was whispered into my ear or whatever it might have been. And so for years I was crippled with this fear of something bad happening to Jenny and the kids. Whenever they went out in the car, I'd be nervous until they got back and it was wow. absolutely crippling until he took me back to that lie that I believed because I just believed the same thing that if yeah. I'm not doing very well spiritually or not in the place where God wanted me to be well it'd, it'd kill Jenny or give her cancer or something yeah. down to the kids to get me to that but it's so it's crazy, pernicious man. sometimes wow. what we believe the lie yes yeah. that uh, can cripple us years later that we, we we base on you know so God you know if, if I believe that God gave me a me well Two years from now, why wouldn't he give me something else to move me on spiritually? Yeah. And, but the father I've come to encounter is not like that, you know. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, that's a little side issue, a little rabbit trail. But yeah. uh, just I, I, I've learned along the way so many of these, it's going back over my things that I believed that just held me crippled and stopped yeah. me. Well, and know, I don't think it. that's, I, I, I'm sure everyone's story would be unique and everyone's uh, different paths to believe. Some of these things are unique, but. I don't think that's uncommon. I've come across a no. lot of people mm. that have believed things like that in their yeah. faith. Um, mm. And like you, it, it leaves you, when you look at like things like, you know, post-traumatic stress and, and, mm. and things like that, you go, oh yeah, like that's living with a fear of harm, a mm. fear of mm. death, a fear of being attacked or something like that. And mm. you go, huh, that's like a, that's a lot of people's day-to-day -day life with God. Mm is I'm yeah. living traumatized, terrified yeah. that at any moment this relationship might sour, that he might mm. hurt me, that he might hurt yep. a loved one. That, uh, And you yeah. go, good God, that's a very mm. um, abusive relationship that people have with God. Oh, unbelievable. You know, if, if that was this a person, is. if you were, if you were, yeah. if you had said, you know, if you, I don't know, uh, said to a mate, oh, I'm actually really worried that um, Jenny thinks I'm not doing well enough and she might kill my kids to try and motivate me. <laughs> they would they would quit call the police, you know, or something, you know? Um, and yet that's what some people say about God. Oh yeah, well, you know, he might he might do this to teach me a lesson. Yeah. And, and people go, mm, yes, yes, well, he might. But I better get that sorted, brother. Like, yeah. Jesus, what? That's a what? <laughs> um, really? That's your opinion of God? Yeah, but that, that is. And when you're yeah. in that world and you've bubbled in, it's real, it's real it's and there real. is you can't yeah. even see the, the ludicrousness no. of it in the same way that many people in an abusive relationship can't yeah, yeah. see the the abusive yep. component of it or, or don't yeah. know any different and can yes therefore conceive yeah. of different that's uh, it yeah. yeah wow that's that's yeah. intense though man that's really intense yeah 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 so it's been a yeah quite a journey unlearning a lot of those things and mm. uh, and it's only when you kind of come sometimes from the outside you, you can like you've just been saying to me how on earth did i think that how yeah. I won't treat my kids like and I always have this little mantra really. It says, I cannot be kinder than God. I cannot be more loving. I cannot be more gracious than God. I cannot be more accepting than God. Mm. I can't be. Otherwise, yeah. move over, God, because there's yeah, a new kid in town. Yeah. Who's... And so if I can accept a group of people, if I can love them, if I can say, you know, I forgive you. I... Well, how much more? And there's that phrase in the Bible, how much more then yeah. will your heavenly father? How much more then? So... I think we're finding now that, you know, 
a lot of time people who are not in church are often more gracious and more accepting and more loving especially the, the younger generation like I am um, my daughter at 16 mm. they're just so much more accepting of people who are different from them yeah and you know we're seeing a lot of that in the world today this rise of saying you know, we want to level the playing field and to you know uh, every valley we're going to bring that up again you know and, mm. and, and and level it and and so she's so accepting of people and uh, whereas my generation was always raised not to be you know mm. both sort of church wise and uh we're the in group it's always the in group isn't it that <laughs> yeah yeah they're always the ones making the rules it's, it's weird <laughs> yeah that's right yeah. and so a lot of this journey for me it's just and I, i'd always say you know whatever your theology is or your beliefs, it's the fruit, isn't it? So if you're loving people more, if you're accepting people more, if you find yourself more gracious than you used to be, then you're on the right lines. Mm. You know, if you find yourself harder, if you find yourself more willing to condemn people or judge them or what have you, then just get a new theology because, you know, it's not working for you because it's horrible when you judge people. You know, when you hate people, but if your heart's open to them, Oh, it's a much better state to be in, if you like. So, yeah. Anyway, what, what was the question? <laughs> we were, we're about, uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, how did talking. I get to that? Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, yeah, big. So uh, another big turning point came. So I was um, again. I was like, oh, it's revival was my next thing then. You okay. Know, so I read all yeah. the Hebridean revival stuff and this, that, and the other, and of course it's going to happen like that. And, oh. So I was like really passionate and and. Again, real nightmare. I was a nightmare for any pastor because <laughs> they weren't doing enough and, you know, we've got to do it. And uh, I come to the, so I was at the church in Ackworth and it was a lovely, lovely place. Really taught me loads of grace and accepting mm. things like that. But it wasn't kind of, it didn't, nothing really found a resting place. And you could tell me about these things, but it wasn't quite finding a resting place in me. Uh, so I quickly revert back to, you know, the performance mode and all that. Anyway, I went to see the pastor at Thamesworth, where we are now, right. and uh, and uh, he was there. Uh, and we sat, sat down with him and said, "Oh, I'm thinking of leaving the church over there." He said, "Oh, why is that?" So I said, "Oh, well, you know, I want to see revival, and I know that what you guys have over here, you you're doing stuff in the community, and it's forward thinking, and it's you know all this kind of thing, and it, I think this would suit me much more." So, all right, so. so uh, just got a question for you, Ollie. Um, who are you? <laughs> that was it. That was his. Who are you? Well, I got so mad. Not openly, because I was scared stiff of him. He was an ex-terrorist from Northern Ireland. Oh, wow. <laughs> he was a big guy. And, uh, I mean, a lovely guy, but I didn't know him all that well in those days. Yeah, yeah. So he said, who are you? And I got so cross. Because I, so I blurted out, I, I'm, uh, well, I'm a husband, I'm a teacher, I'm a, a worship leader, I'm an evangelist, I'm a pastor, uh, 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 yeah, I've done some teaching, um, this, that and the other, and they were all doing, 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 mm. doing, and I just couldn't answer that question, who, who I am, I had no idea, so on the outward thing, I was the golden boy at church, like I said, I could worship lead, um, uh, preach, uh, teach, all of that stuff. Uh, but inside I was, I, I just, you know, what's the point of all that if you're lost inside? You yeah. know? And I had no idea who I was, I had no peace, no peace whatsoever really, unless I was doing well. And so that question just started me off on this journey. I really, I have no idea. Mm. So um, 
And I realized that it was all this unhealed stuff from my mum dying. And, uh, and so I began a journey with him. Of kind of, he was a trained counselor as well. Which oh, was wow. Really That's cool. <laughs> so he took me through a lot of stuff to do with my mum uh, and I could just you know kind of finally say goodbye to her never done that mm. so that brought some healing um and uh, and then we just began this journey really of I suppose the the point that father really my heavenly father wanted me to come to was to know that I'm his little boy to know that I'm his child and and it was a number of years and so and so I did some stuff with him and I'd kind of basically grown up schizophrenic in a way. And some people might relate to this that because I had to be so performance orientated and I was quite intelligent. Uh, well, I was very intelligent. Not, it's not a pride thing. It's just the way my brain is. Um, but we were kind of come from a community where that wasn't prized. Mm. So when I was at school, I had a bunch of mates. So I had to try and fit in with them and be the lads. Yeah. And then I ended up going to a private school for most of my education, but we weren't rich as a family. So my parents kind of saved everything so that me and my sister could go to and get a really good education. Um, and so I kind of didn't fit in there either. So it was this really weird world I found myself in. Mm. So again, the chameleon. And, uh, and so I kind of developed over the years this kind of persona that helped me survive. And it was a bit kind of clown-like. Now I still am. I can still be very, very silly <laughs> and I still have a real good laugh, <laughs> but I don't have to now, if that makes sense. Yeah. I had to then, and that was the only way I could really survive was mm. to kind of, and, uh, and so I, I developed this kind of persona and that was what I projected to the world. That was me. So if you knew me, you could say lots of things about me and, oh yeah, it's really funny and it's this, that and the other. Um, but it wasn't me it was all forced and all oh, mm. very anxious and and yet I could do the stuff I could you know and, and yeah God blessed it you know people were really blessed when I you know did all that kind of stuff but that's never the end game is it you know he can get a donkey to talk basically mm. if, he, if he wanted he's more concerned about this and I was a lost little boy really um even though I prayed the prayer and, you know, yeah, done all the yeah. stuff in church. You know, oh, how that. many years in are we at this point? Years yeah, and years and years. <laughs> and so after all of that, I mean, you know, done this and preached here and led worship there to just finally come to that point where you just think, I, am, I don't know who I am and I'm lost. That was mm. quite a lovely moment, painful one. And I just did this thing with him, really. And it was the Holy Spirit taking me through it where uh, I just said goodbye to little Ollie who'd helped me survive all that time. And it was like he was there almost personified inside me and it was like it was almost like that was who I was presenting to father that was who was you know when yeah. I prayed it was like it was it was this other thing that was kind of there and and so we just did this thing where I kind of let him go give him back to Jesus because he was real to me you know and yeah. uh, it might sound weird to some of the viewers but that's again that's just my journey it's not everybody's uh don't go rooting around in yourselves for little <laughs> little use that were <laughs> uh, it just worked for me and uh, I, I remember just saying goodbye and it was quite a moment and uh, again cried loads of tears and uh but i was always worried about what would emerge from that and, mm. and basically a lot of me was still the same but just that need to you know perform and that need to was kind of not that was the old ollie that yeah. let go of really and then the church got into uh the toronto stuff when all that happened yeah. and obviously well we'd had it kind of way before that in the old church and obviously i was up for that because it's the latest thing you know and, and, and oh this is this is a chance for something you know and obviously i rose to that and uh and had loads of different experiences 
but it was never about that. And I think the, and of course, I'll laugh like a drain at anything. Uh, I'll, I'll cry. So it, it wasn't particularly a Toronto phenomenon. It just, I don't know what, what it was, was really. But I think the, 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 the depth of what was coming out of there was the, the kind of the heart healing stuff, which worked really well mm. for me. And the Father Heart of God, that message yeah. and that kind of intimacy. And so those kind of values really about, you know, hearing God, having a personal relationship, hearing God for yourself. It's not about the performance. Um, and then healing some of those old hurts. Yeah. Not to have a better ministry, not to have a be more anointed. That's sometimes how it's been done, but just because he loves me yeah. and it's hurting me. And he doesn't want me to think that he'd give him cancer because, you know, and, uh, and so went through a few little courses like that and then, uh, and had a lot of healing and a lot of tears and it was really, you know, beneficial. And then about a week after we'd come back from one of these conferences, I had a thing for a father heart conference in Rochdale mm -hmm. and I'm like, no, I've done it. I've done all the Toronto stuff. I don't need that. And it wouldn't leave me. So I ended up going there and, uh, it was all about the father heart and, uh, and then it ended with a ministry where you just went out and kind of got a hug from one of the prayer people. And, uh, and all they did was put their arms around you and said, Father, let my arms be your arms. Uh, just come and hold your little boy. And it's just said, just be a little boy. If you want to experience Father's love. So I just went out to this guy and just put his arms around me. And then I just heard him. Wow. Not an audible voice, but mm. one of the strongest I've heard. I don't hear voices a lot. <laughs> You'll be pleased to know. And they're, they're impressions. I say voices and I get into trouble sometimes because half the people in the church really felt feeling, this is terrible. All he hears these audible voices and all he does, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just like a, a whisper, an impression. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, um, but I just heard this really clearly and just this voice saying inside me, oh, my you're my beautiful little boy. That was it. Mm. And it was like in that moment, that, answer the question who am I mm. and it is kind of in that moment I think I reached the top of the tree and I can't go, <laughs> can't go any higher from that mm. because just knowing that I'm his beautiful little boy even with all my crap even with all my lostness even with all my and, and that's how he sees me yeah that's what he feels about me has done from before, even before he knew me, my mother's way, he knew me before I was in the form of the mother's way. And, and continuing into wherever, that's how he always feels about me, no mm. matter what I'm doing, how I'm performing. And so that was a real major thing for me. Yeah. Uh, and I could now say, I know who I am. Yeah. You know, and now you add to that. So, well, yeah. Oh, I'm his beautiful little boy. That's how he sees me. And I can discover now, well, what does that mean? I've, I've got my own beliefs and opinions and yeah. personality and, uh, and sexuality and uh, preferences and, and all these kind of things. So I can now discover in more freedom than ever before. Yeah. Who am I? Who, who am I? Yeah. You know, and, and, and love the me that he's made me. Yeah. It's interesting because it does seem that um, a lot of people I talk to, and again, it might be to do with a little bit of how I we all end up having a bit of a bubble, like the people that we're drawn to, the people that are drawn to yeah. us, we maybe have some similarities. And things. Yeah. But it feels like a lot of people, um, certainly within charismatic streams that kind of go through some process of radically shifting their faith, often mm. go through that avenue, uh, <clears throat> whether it's through uh, one of the big kind of movements, Toronto, Bethel, these kind of places where yeah. they're, they're really passionately now, 
whether they've got good and bad mixtures and stuff mm. all in there, everyone does, mm. right? So I'm not yeah, saying yeah. that mm. I'm not sanctioning this is the perfect place to go to yeah, go yeah. get help. Mm. I'm not saying it's a bad place to go either. Mm. Um, but it does feel a lot of people go through these movements where they're really focusing on one aspect of God is good. He's, he's a really loving father. He's mm. a good father. He wouldn't mm. hurt you. He wouldn't harm you. Mm. He wouldn't give you sickness. He wouldn't do this. He wouldn't do that. You know, like it, it's all very much that God is good. He's only got good yeah. gifts for you, that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, that feels like it's quite a stepping stone for a lot of people. Mm. Like you're saying there to suddenly go, yeah. Oh, I've got a bit of freedom to explore, yeah, to yeah. ask questions to, mm. etc." cetera. Mm. Um, now what it is, it is interesting that some of these mm. places that are very vocal on that yeah. can be some of the most vocal against what happens next for a lot of people, um, which <laughs> yeah. is an interesting dynamic, but um, yeah. I, 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 we don't need to necessarily mm. go into that. But, but, you're talking about this kind of thing of like, wow, I've got this freedom, this exploration. Did it cause you to, to, was, could you link that specifically to a lot of your shifts in theological belief then? Yeah, huge. Up to that point, I think, uh, I was still what I would class as a kind of, not a fundamentalist necessarily, but a card carrying evangelical, you know, sure. I would sign up to the, the articles of faith, etc. And, uh, <clears throat> it was kind of after that, but I really, and it was, it was a, it's been a very sort of a quiet, not a quiet journey, yeah. Bit by bit, just thoughts dropping into me, you know, and uh, like I mean, I've experienced this love. And then going back to, you know, what you felt about those kids in Birmingham. Mm. So how come I'm so anti-Muslim or anti-gay or anti, do you know what I mean? Yeah. How come I can, it just didn't make sense anymore that the love that I was experiencing would then prepare a special place of torment <laughs> for his children. I, do you know, and, yeah. and I kind of, I, <laughs> it's, it's, it's mind blowing, is it? Once it, it, you've got a lens to see it. Yeah. Um, because there's plenty of people that would be able to go, oh, well, let me explain that to you, Ollie. Right? Yeah, yeah. And maybe yeah. you. 15 years ago would go, Oh, well, Ollie, obviously this is absolutely. how you, but yeah, but once you see it, it is mm. hard not to go. So wait, am I genuinely thinking that's love? Like, yes, yeah. really hard yeah. to, yeah. But I do that to my kids and like, I go back to, you know, I can't be better than God. Mm. I can't. So if I wouldn't treat my kids like that, well, yeah. how much more? And it was things like that, that, uh, so I, I, it just, it just opened this kind of, um, and then I go, are you the pastor at this point once you've kind of been through the no stuff? no so uh on the on the cusp let okay. put it that way it was almost like father said no he will destroy the church <laughs> <laughs> if he becomes pastor because uh, you know he wanted like, he wanted... the opposite of the apostle peter you know it's like <laughs> yeah. you on you i will build my church yeah <laughs> on ollie i will destroy i will church. destroy <laughs> <laughs> and many people in, in the process <laughs> oh dear yeah and and so it just um and i think it was bizarrely enough i think it was after i became pastor that I kind of got even more freed. I don't know. It's all a bit hazy. Mm. Uh, too much Jim Beam and snow. <laughs> and voices in your head. <laughs> yeah. And it, so I, following that, it was just like little pieces of the jigsaw began to fit into place. Yeah. And they were all, I've never been a, a big, I don't read 
books. I'd, I'd, I went through all that in the early stages. So I'd read Reinhard Bonnke, I'd read The Hebridean Revival, I'd read all of these. And it was kind of, this isn't me. I'd be churning out somebody else's thoughts and there's nothing right. wrong with other people's thoughts. You learn from them. And I'm not, but in all of this, I've never, apart from The Shack, that was quite a seminal mm, book um, and film. Love it. Um, and apart from that, I've not read beginning to end any complete book on deconstructing or all of these. Uh, I've, I've got snippets from people. You know, I learn a load from Martin Fell, who you had on. Yeah. I mean, that, he's just awesome, is Martin, some he's of the stuff he guy. gets. And, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and some of the stuff's like, whoa, over my head and, mm. and not where I'm at, and I might be next year. Brilliant. Um, but I love him, and that's what it's, for me, it's about. It's not about whether I agree with him. Can I respect him and love him? And, you know, and each one in the church, you know, so we can come on to church a bit later. But um, so I've not, I've put almost purposely not, and it's, it doesn't sit with me anyway, reading loads of theological books. So a lot of it's just been kind of, I think, got dropping thoughts into me. Yeah. I mean, I joined a, a Facebook thing called the Online Posse of Spiritual Misfits. And that's been brilliant because people just post little bits and bobs and, um, <clears throat> and their thoughts and, and et cetera. And, and again, it's just, and I've always found this is how God speaks to me, really. I'll, I'll be watching a film, and there's mm. just one line in that film that just goes, oh, and I might start crying. Or you just, and you just know there's something about this moment in this film, or yeah. uh, somebody just say something off the cuff at church. It's like it sets me off on a rabbit trail of thought, then, and that's how he does it, really. So I do the investigating myself, not uh, uh, like that. So, uh, and somebody just put, um, I'm sure it was on that positive online spiritual mystery. Just a, and I never read the article, but it just said, "Who's more powerful, Adam or Christ?" Mm. Thought, what? What? And I just, I never even considered that before at all. It was always, you know, Jesus has paid the price for sin, and if you, if you, <laughs> and then suddenly, I was on this rabbit trail of. So Adam. According to scripture, Adam, you know, Adam's sin condemned the whole world and all were brought under sin. But Jesus' ability is only through those who believe in him or say the right prayer or have actually heard of him in the first place. Mm. Well, that makes Adam much more powerful. His power to condemn is more powerful than Jesus to save. So actually, we should be like honoring Adam, shouldn't we? And do you know, and it was just little thoughts like that. And then you think, oh, shouldn't think like that. And then you kind of go down that and it grows in you. Mm. And then you're perhaps come across somebody I used to think and at first he was very lonely yeah there was because I think we hadn't known Martin and Kathy perhaps during this yeah we had actually we'd known them for a while but we hadn't been going into it as deep uh, uh, with them on that journey sure. uh, in terms of the theology and all of that so uh, there were bits and bobs but there was a lady in the church and I won't mention her name but uh, she back in the 70s had agoraphobia Mm-hmm. and uh for about two years couldn't go out two or three years couldn't go out and then she had an incredible encounter with god and in her words he, he stood at the foot of my bed and it was a uh, talking to her like i'm talking wow. to you now and basically so all this stuff about the father heart of god is unconditional love and you know all this the old stuff that we're deconstructing now that's what God told her back in 1970s that he was going to do. <laughs> and so 
she was so excited to hear the journey that I'm on because she was yeah. Like, She's like, that last echo. We had to wait thirty years for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she said, you know, she she struggled in church because she had this encounter with God who told her all these things. I bet. Weighing up with, and she felt so alone. Yeah. I'm just glad that he's doing it with me at a time when it's more open to. Yeah. Well, you have Facebook like you at least, or you know, you can listen yeah. to a podcast or something. But and you realise that other yeah, people in the around the world, yeah, that this is happening to. So yeah. uh, wow. So yeah, it's just been this journey. So little things like that, um, where mm. somebody will write something, or, and then just thoughts drop into you. So I, I just I think I just read somewhere, I can't remember where it was, uh, about when John put, uh, when I'm lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. And you miss those words, don't you? All men. <laughs> and you just, you know, the filter is all means those the in group. Yeah, some. I will lift all those brackets who have accepted me as you know. Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, well, no, it says all. And when you and then you look at it as well, I will drag all men to myself. And so <laughs> I'm reading that, and I have this image, if you like, this kind of not a, I can say vision because it makes me sound great. It? <laughs> I have this vision, Phil. I just have this image of like the cross being like a black hole, and and, mm. I, and from that moment I began to call it irresistible grace, irresistible love. So anybody who comes to me and says, um. Yes, but everybody has free will. You know, yes, they have the right to refuse. I can say, yeah, that's true. But I don't think anybody will have that ability. You know, when you're yeah. faced with the love of all loves, <laughs> when you stand face to face with this black hole of irresistible grace, mm. I think technically you have the right to say, no, nah, I don't want that. <laughs> but when you come face to face with what you've been longing for and missing all your life, true love, and it's there in front of you. I, I would shake the hand of the person that has said, do you know what, now that's not for me. Yeah. I'd rather live without love, thank you. you know, I, I, so technically I guess it is true, but you know, so it's little things like that that just, little moments like that, that and it just becomes a foundation for me then. Yeah. And of course people can argue, oh, but it says in scripture this, and it says in scripture that. But now I feel Father said that to me personally, yeah. and I have this little moment of the cross being like a black hole, just literally dragging. It's yeah. irresistible. You can't run out of a black hole. And uh, and so you just go down these little rabbit trails. And it, it, yeah. And it might, it might be wrong, but I'm not bothered. It makes me more gracious and more loving. So I, yeah. so I like that. Talk yeah. me through the process, though, because you you're on a, it sounds like in this journey, you've, you've, you've kind of had this experience of like God is this loving father. I'm his, mm. him, his adored child. And yeah. now you're starting to go, oh, oh, wow, he must love everyone, even these Muslims, yeah, even these yeah. gay people. Like yeah. different bits of your theology are yeah. kind of like, um, you're kind of poking at a few holes and bits are crumbling, crumbling. you know, mm, <laughs> um, crumbling. Yeah. But as a pastor, which at some mm. point along this journey, you know, mm. as it's picking up speed, mm. you then kind of inherit a church. You, you are now in yeah. charge. Mm -hmm. You're you're a leader. People are looking at you to tell them who is God? What's he like? What are we yeah, supposed yeah, to yeah. be? It, whether mm. right or wrong, or whether that's the model of what a pastor yeah. should be or a church yeah. or whatever, people are looking at you going, all right, Ollie. Yeah. You tell us, what does this Bible say about this? Or, you know, and, yeah, yeah. and sometimes it's a trick situation as well because they know what yeah. the Bible says and they're just seeing it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but how did, how did you navigate? Like, you're talking about how lonely that can be. Um, mm. In my experience of working with different people, some of the people yeah. I have the, the, the most empathy and, and heartbreak for is not people that are going through this alone that are. Mm 
the everyday person in church mm. because in some levels, some areas, they've got a lot more freedom. Um, mm. Now, I'm not saying it's easy. I've talked to far too many people to know it's bloody hard, whoever does it. Um, yeah. But as yeah. a pastor, you don't have the same freedoms in that if you're caught out, even mm. if you even have a private conversation with someone and it gets out, you could yeah. be on the chopping block with no food. You could be back <laughs> in the un unemployed category again. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Or or, or whatever, you know, or maybe, you know, you are left going, oh, I need to talk about this at Easter, but I'm not mm. sure that's how the cross works. And mm. can I talk about how I think the cross works? Or is that going to be problematic for are people mm. then going to get upset? And also sometimes mm. it's not even the most healthy thing for some people aren't ready no. for certain things. Yeah. How are you? You've got yeah. all this, I imagine, because you're a mm. smart guy. So you're probably living mm. in your head a little bit with some of these <laughs> things and thinking out the conclusions yeah, yeah. of how will that play out and mm. what will happen if I do that? How yeah. are you juggling all that in your head mm. as you go up on a Sunday morning to preach or yeah. as you're mm -hmm. visiting the sick or whatever it looks yeah, like? Yeah. Mm. What, what, what's going on and how are you navigating your own personal deconstruction of different parts of your faith with yeah. being an ambassador for that faith? Mm -hmm. With <laughs> great trepidation, great difficulty <laughs> and not getting it right most of the time. Now, I... I've all right. How we, for me, there's always when you come into something new, it's like the new wine skin and the new wine. You can't fit something new into an old way of doing things. So the way we do church is very different from the old model. Mm. Um, so having the, I'm a, a passionate believer that we can all have a relationship with God. We can all hear his voice. And by that, I don't mean audible voices. I mean, you know, read the scripture and, oh, that stands out to me. Oh, that, that verse is, uh, oh, uh, I've got a song going around in my head. Um, oh, I was looking at the birds and just thinking, wow, you know, what a chorus. Mm. And oh, and then Father reminded me, he's singing over, things like that. I'm a real passionate believer that in freeing people not to have a secondhand faith mm. based on me <laughs> or anybody else. Uh, and so kind of, that's always been the heart of who we are as a church. So it's, it's, um, very interactive obviously not at the moment because we're all in lockdown yeah. so all they get is me facebook live on a on a sunday morning spouting away <laughs> um so the the kind of we all learn from each other that's what i'm saying and right. and one of the things is i always I have to pull myself up on a lot that uh i can still learn from a fundamentalist i can still learn mm. from an evangelical <laughs> you know I'm at this place on my journey, but I haven't got it all together. You know, I haven't got it all right. There is no, sure. it's just where we're all at. And we're all at such different places. So I just encourage people to share um, what they feel Father's saying to them or what, you know, have you had an experience or a testimony this week or what, what, and it could be from the scriptures. It could be from a film they've watched. It could be anything. And so we learn from each other. Yeah. And so, and generally I found, uh, although we're all at very different stages, that the, the constant message that comes through is one of encouragement and love yeah. and all of those things. Uh, so I think, yes, the Holy Spirit is just doing these things through everybody and bringing things out uh, without me actually having to do a lot of mm. quote unquote teaching. And now people who are struggling, I mean, Martin's absolutely fantastic at working with people who are struggling because they've been brought up in that evangelical background yeah and who are struggling with and, and I, I really realize that i'm a bit more gung-ho about it but i realize that many there are lots of people who struggle because they've been taught the scripture is almost 
higher than the Holy Spirit, you know. Um, and uh, and if it's not in Scripture, it's not valid, or their particular interpretation of Scripture is the only one, yeah. uh, then it is a struggle to overcome that. And Martin is just great at, at helping people through that. Now, a lot of people don't want to be helped and just no, like a yeah. good old fight with him. <laughs> Bless you, Martin, that's not my fight. I've seen that online. <laughs> You've seen that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but in terms of people who are genuinely inquiring, then, yeah. uh, you know, someone like Martin's really great and he's done a lot of the reading and research and he can point to various things and that's fantastic. The church that we've got at the moment, it is the most... Do you know, and this, I love it. I love pastoring, Phil, mm. because we have got the most amazing... I'm going to say, I'm a bit tearful now. Sorry. It's okay. But we've just got the most amazing bunch of people. Such a variety of backgrounds. I mean, we, we've got... <laughs> a, I, I, can't, I won't mention names. You know, yeah, if they yeah, ever watch this, they'll know. <laughs> but we've, we've got ex-addicts. Uh, who struggled through life and and one guy at the start of this just phoned me up and said I've got a testimony to bring he said I was down the down the local park he said and I was just really depressed and really something and suddenly I just found myself crying and laughing and and he said God is just love isn't he and I was just like <laughs> yes yes and then we've got a, a a young woman who joined us from a traveler background I mean she sent out shoplifting from the age of five Wow. Heroin addict from the age of 11 to 35. Wow. She's been in prison. She's <laughs> run a, a brothel in Middlesbrough for the upper echelons of Sosedo. Wow. Why my hair isn't curly, I don't know. But she's got a heart of gold. She's had an encounter with, with God. And uh, and she loves people. And she wants to help people. And uh, uh, so there's, there's that. And then we were recently joined by a, uh, an older couple. And they've come, they were pastoring an evangelical church in a local town, which had wow. to close for financial reasons. It was growing small. And, um, you know, when they first turned up and explained who they were, my heart sank. <laughs> you know, it just, Phil, I, I know, I'm ashamed to admit it, but it just sank. And because I just thought, oh no, there's somebody else I'm going to offend here. And, yeah. and, uh, and I always say to people, look, when you come to us, you'll, you'll either love us or hate us. You'll either think, oh yeah. There's something here, or you'll just hate what we're about. <laughs> and I'm not bothered by that, you know. Yeah. Bless you to find somewhere where yeah. it fits you you more. But the journey we're on, this is kind of what we're at. And I fully, I, I said to everybody, I said, we won't see them again. Mm. Anyway, they came back the next week. They came back the next week. And, and yes, they've got different beliefs from me. Yeah. But do you know what, Phil? I love them to bits. Mm. And I think they love me. <laughs> they're, they're wonderful. You well, know, they have hard. to on some level, right? <laughs> like, I think in, in some level, there's evidence of whatever it is you're doing works. Where, mm. I, I mean, I've seen people that have pastored a church for 20, 30 years come out and say, hey, uh, I've been going through some stuff. I, I, I've been thinking about a theology. On, and they'll pick one topic. like Maybe like, uh, I'm not sure I believe in the total turner's uh, mm. eternal conscious torment or whatever maybe yeah. i think i'm more of an annihilationist no you don't even go to universalism there's like annihilation and it's <laughs> yeah. like okay you're no longer our pastor and we never want to talk to you like, yeah dude you've been like the pastor for 30 years everyone loves you and that <laughs> yeah. was it that they are done and so there's on some yeah. level i think and obviously you don't have 30 years of a i don't know <laughs> no. broken betrayal or trust or i don't know <laughs> no. however no. people engage with these kind of topics yeah. and i know there's a lot to it in, in that 
But like when someone comes along and goes, oh, I believe radically different from him. I, I've, mm. I've kind of ticked most of the boxes on evangelical faith. Mm. But there's something about this community or there's something about that guy, Ollie, or there's something about some of these other people yeah. that I'm meeting and mm. talking with that I'd yeah. like to just be around this community. And it's not yeah. important for a Christian, yeah. especially an evangelical Christian to go, mm. actually, the beliefs aren't as important. Mm. That's a big oh, hurdle to have huge. been able to overcome. Yeah. I think. Uh, yeah. It's huge. And, I, and I've noticed, I mean, I've been, I've been to your um, fellowship a few times mm. and, and been able to facilitate discussions, mm. you know, as well as mm. probably more than most people that I don't mm. tend to do talks very often. I, no, I, if no, I can avoid it, I'll great. try and facilitate mm. a conversation. But, and yeah. I have found that your community, it thrives on it. It really does. It yeah. really loves to engage and everyone seems to engage. And, yeah. um, but that in and of itself can be uh, problematic for a lot of people. So, you know, like a lot yeah. of people don't want to have to be seen a lot of people don't mm. want to have to be a part of a, a you know community that yeah. everyone's sharing and people are sharing yeah. things that make them feel uncomfortable it's, it's quite yeah, uncomfortable yeah. isn't it hearing mm. an opinion that's very different to yours oh yeah when yeah. the opinion is will i get mm. to go to heaven or not you know or something very yeah. big you know like that's a big yeah. topic or am i saved yeah. or not you know depending on yeah. what people believe you're like yeah. oh you're a really mm. causing me to have a bit of an existential crisis mm. like that's mm. it's a hard thing to navigate um it, yeah. yeah yeah i mean in our in our local church here in sale that we were a part of for a long time mm. um i worked really hard to introduce um more discussion-based um yeah mm. uh meetings and things and that went really well for a lot of people but for a lot of people mm. it ended up being their least favorite week of the month they were really right. they were dread mm. some didn't come anymore they stopped coming yeah. that yeah. week of the month so mm. they were third week of the month or whatever we're going to have a discussion because yeah some of the things that people said in the discussion yeah. it rather they didn't know what that person believed because you are yeah, scaring yeah. me yes um, and so mm. did you did you have some of those because you're you're not just yeah. um you're not just going in and planting a church with this idea hey we're going to do this and that's it and if it's for no. you it's for you if it's not for you it's not for you i imagine yeah. some of the people that were there initially were going well this isn't for me so what the hell's happening yeah did, it, did that go down yeah it, it, well it just kind of i think because it wasn't a Right, this is what we, I've never said, this is what we are all going to believe now. I've really right. been passionate. And I always stand at the front and say, look, I'm going to say some things today. And I do it on a Sunday morning. I just say, it's okay for you not to agree with me. Mm. This, is, this is where I'm at. So I'm just sharing the thing. And I'm not sharing, I, 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 I very rarely go down there, this is what the Bible says. <laughs> because, well, does it? <laughs> uh, you know, in terms of, I'll just share and say, this is what I feel Father's been sharing with me this week. Mm. And if it finds a resting place in you, and that was kind of how it's been with me, then great. If not, that's okay. Yeah. And, and so it's not, we don't, and, and that's, you know, we don't kind of have that kind of discussion necessarily. It's more just people sharing what they feel Father's saying in the moment for us all. So we don't have a, we don't have a, a set of beliefs as a church. I don't say to people, well, if you come to us, uh, this is what we stand for. We stand for, you know, universal reconciliation. We stand for no conscious. You know. You'll soon pick that up probably. Sure. In the flavor of what's shared. And if you share something like that, like I think we all need to be praying for the lost because they're all going to hell. It, it'll just kind of, ease off and if i'm leading the meeting and somebody says something like that <laughs> like, yeah 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 that's it i'll just say oh thank you for sharing that you know and if anybody if that if that resonates with anybody get together with him afterwards and perhaps you know because everybody's at different places mm. and it is so it can be hard to manage because some people come with some real off the wall stuff 
but that's part of this rich tapestry of the church yeah. that I call it. Yeah. And uh, and most people, I think, most people when you chat to them, then either church or not in church. Baseline people are not looking for new belief systems. They're looking for acceptance and love. And if they can find a community like that, um, and I, I never just class those who come on a Sunday as the church. It's kind of we have all different lunch clubs and, and and many of them, you know. So it's just, in fact, the whole the old Church of England idea where the whole community was your parish. So it wasn't like right, you come on a Sunday, so you're our flock. They used to see the whole they had boundaries, wouldn't they? And every yeah. and and so you see that. So and that's part of that journey that I've been on. It's set me free, really, to to see myself to be able to love whoever, you know, in the community as well. And there's certain ones that do come to us and, and come to the, the various groups. And I treat them none the different. Just meet them where they're at. I think that's what Jesus did. He yeah. knew what they could take. He knew what they were able to handle at that moment in time to move them on a little bit. So like for the disciples, he, he didn't blast on a lot about the Gentiles, did he? When he was on earth with them. Yeah, yeah. Because they wouldn't have been able to, you know, it was enough that he was picking corn on the Sabbath, for goodness sake, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's leave the Gentiles aside for a moment. I'll give Peter a vision later on, <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Yeah, yeah, he'll, he'll take it later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so sometimes you just have to trust that uh, uh, the Father's taking us all on this journey together, all at, you know, many different stages, and uh, and to help those that are struggling. But like I said, most come along on a Sunday and they're, they're wanting love mm. and acceptance and a community to, yeah, just to grow and feel safe. I think that's a really important thing. What's always been my heart that, uh, and having been a teacher and a governor at the local primary school, I've always realized like, kids grow healthily when they feel loved and safe. And, mm. and that's not rocket science. That's not biblical. That's psychological. It, it, it just is a fact. Yeah. And so if you can create, I've always had this, but if you create an environment where people feel safe and loved, no matter what they say, you know, so even if you come out with it and it's okay to voice what you think God is saying to you, I'm not going to, you're not going to find yourself. So, well, that was a load of rubbish and we don't believe that here. Mm. Well, instantly they'll not share anything again. So yeah. an atmosphere of, and I always remember it, that struck me at reading ages ago when I was into revivals uh, about the, uh, the Azusa street revival, you know, the Pentecostal. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In 1905, was it? Or for one of those two. And uh, they got a lot of criticism. I think Bill Thomas uh, got a lot of criticism because there were weird stuff going on. <laughs> you know, fleshly stuff. Woo! Uh, undoctrinal stuff. And Bill Thomas, a very gracious man, he just said, uh, he said, well, I'm, I'm not going to stop those things. He said, I'll just let... Because if you, if you try and cut the... Whatever it is, you know let the wheat grow with the chaff or whatever it was. If I try and cut the chaff out and I think it's the chaff, well, I risk cutting all the weeds out, uh, all the, the wheat as well. So he just kind of let things go. What is of the Holy Spirit will stay and what isn't, and it's just man's ideas will fall to the ground. Mm. And, and I kind of, I like that attitude really that, yeah, people share some weird stuff. I'll share some weird stuff. I'll share some stuff on a Sunday morning and perhaps, 70% of it might be really from God, you know, mm. 30% is just me. Uh, and I just trust that that bit will not, and I say that to people, look, you know, you'll know if this is from God because you, you'll be, you'll kind of feel it. There'll be an energy about it. You'll, it'll find a resting place. Um, mm. 
And if it doesn't, well, just ignore it. And it's me waffling. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you know, when you share, uh, it just does something to me, you know. And I know that that's coming from God. Mm. And, uh, and you kind of feel it inside and it just brings, there's something, there's life about it. And, uh, and that's what I say to people. So anybody that shares something, if it's not really where, what God's really wanting to say to us as a, as a church or to an individual in it, it won't be death, but it'll just, it won't have that life about it. But the things that come from his heart, they just have a kind of life of their own and it'll energize you and, you know, maybe make you laugh or cry or, or just think a bit more but in a positive way not a yeah so <laughs> but yeah but don't get it all right and we've had people who it's been too much for yeah i think and uh they're always the the sad bits for me yeah yeah so obviously i don't name names and I'm, i can probably handle things better than i have done yeah. well it's, uh, it's probably very good that uh you did get a lot of that performative stuff broken out of you because yeah that isn't i think uh, that's a thing that i find in a lot of pastors is they can't cope with someone sitting down going hey mm. i actually really like this church but i just don't see things the same way and i think i'm going to move on to another church and they'll go yeah. Why would you ever like, you know, attack me on such a fundamental how do you hate me so much? And it's like, whoa, 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 where, where did you get this? Do you know what I mean? It's that yeah, yeah. thing of like this thing yeah. is like my performance, my validation, yeah, yeah. my whatever. Yeah. And I feel attacked yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You probably it was good that you kind of ticked that off because I can imagine those kind of conversations at least being like, yeah. hey Ollie, yeah, not on the same page. Yeah. And I really like this, but I think yeah. I need something different, or you know, like. That, that yeah. feels, um, it feels like a much more healthy way. One of the, one of my earliest pastors, I really not so early that it was my yeah. dad's because I was a pastor's kid. <laughs> but one of my first <laughs> pastors beyond that was um, uh, from a brethren background. Uh, I was in a brethren church and I was like charismatic and I was like exploring mm. all sorts of different things. And I sat down with him and I was like, hey, I kind of want to talk. And he's like, I kind of know what you're going to say, Phil. <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah we love having you around because I, I love being around and he's like and I, I i want you to be around as much as you can be but he's mm. like i understand that you want to explore some stuff that you can't explore here and he's like mm. you can do both you can do mm. neither you know whatever you yeah. need for you to grow he's like yeah. i my day in day out is not based on whether what you do in your life i want it still mm. to be your friend i still want you to be around as much as you feel comfortable and, and you think it will benefit you yeah but you got to do what helps you. And I was like, geez, like that. He was quite a young pastor. Like, looking back, he was yeah. ancient, but I think he was like about yeah, yeah. 36 or something, you know, but my age wow. now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, and I think it was his first se senior kind of pastor position. And, and looking back, I'm like, God, that was remarkable. Having experienced a lot of very different interactions with pastors since. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cause yeah. that was one of my first kind of proper altercation. It wasn't yeah. altercation at all, but you know, like yeah, yeah. a difference. Mm. And I was just like, gosh, that's mm. the way to do it. And it feels yeah. like there should be room in, in the, the myriads of expressions of yeah. what Christianity looked like for people to be healthy enough to have that. Yeah, sure. And yet the stories yeah. that I hear suggest that is not the common expression. I don't know if you've no. had refugees come to you <laughs> yeah. stories as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. Do you think what you're doing? So I look at what you're doing and I look at the way you're doing it and, and I hear the stories of countless people coming out of their expression of church where they've come mm. from for a myriad of reasons mm. um some of them have no interest in going back into church the vast majority though are looking for community at the very yeah. least and miss mm. that component of church mm. uh, i look at what you're doing and i go this is the answer 
this uh, <laughs> you know like i i look at you know, i hate churches if i'm honest I don't, yeah yeah i don't yeah, hate no, no, yeah. buildings i don't mm. hate pastors i, I just don't mm. enjoy sitting mm. in a service listen i'm not a big music oh. guy so listen to music no, yeah. or trying mm. to engage in music which isn't something i particularly yeah, do yeah. unless it's hamilton gosh yeah oh um, we've just watched that recently so Bam. good Fantastic. So good. Um, so yeah. unless you're doing Hamilton up on the yeah, next yeah. time I come visit Ollie, I want a full <laughs> rendition. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, like it's not how I engage much. And then hearing a sermon, but I'm like, oh, I listen to mm. like you know probably 20 messages a week sometimes. Yeah. yeah I listen to podcasts yeah, yeah. and messages, mm. or I'm reading books. I'm like, yeah, I don't yeah. need a more thing. Like I'm there yeah. to connect with people. Relationship. Um, yeah. And and, mm. and but yeah, other people are there for the message. Mm. Other people, and, and I feel like having having communities mm. that go look we are open to people mm. that are different you can be yeah. who you are you can engage with what you want to engage yeah. with you mm. can not engage with certain things and that's yeah. fine to mm. me that feels like the future when you're looking at people that are radically questioning a lot yeah. of things you know the fastest mm. growing movement in spirituality is people that are deconstructing their faith and yeah, so yeah. Mm. if we're gonna make communities for mm. those people which i think there needs to be one way or another yeah. whether mm. the church is that community or not maybe we make yeah. communities outside the church i don't know yeah, yeah. but i definitely see communities like yours it draws people mm. in our good friends um paul and steph mm. he, my oh, he yeah, moved no, yeah. across the country <laughs> just to go to your church you know no pressure um, seriously yeah like that first sunday service what were you thinking you're like this is gonna be a good one um, you know martin talks about his um yeah his how much it's impacted him having a community mm. that he can be a part of um yeah yeah and mm. so i i, I think to me this is the model mm. this is what the church needs to be moving into as, as we yeah. see the church dwindling um mm. do do you do you see yourselves as that do you see yourselves as kind of pioneers or, or are you just doing your thing or like you know what phil <laughs> honestly we just initially got on and done it and i've always been a passion but I, I hate clones of anything i've always been fairly unique as a, a christian as a pastor um and I, yeah, the church, I don't like clones of churches where you go in and all you get, you, know, you could go into, you could wake up in the middle of a church service and think, all right, this is a, yeah, what, what no names mentioned, but you know what I mean? You know, and you know, you're going to get kind of the same. I know we have our, we're religious as well. So we always start with coffee, which has gone from a sort of half hour to an hour. And then the service gets later <laughs> and later and later because people love being together. That's yeah. the thing. And the service is not the be all and end all. It isn't. Uh, being together, and then listening to God together and sharing life together mm. is uh, in whatever form that takes. And, and so we just got on and did our own thing. And I think obviously it's shaped a bit by me because as the leader, you do yeah. kind of tend to shape how things go. I'm aware of that. Um, and it, it kind of works for us. We never set out to do it in a certain way, but it just as we went along, just think it was just like, like you said, things like uh, singing five songs or what have you. But it's, it's lovely. You know, I love singing. I've got a fairly all right singing voice. I like belting them out. But there just came a point where I was just thinking, we're just doing this because we always have. Mm. I just got tired of it. And I realized other people might have got tired. And, 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 and so it's, yeah, so we never went out to, so we will sing, because some people still love singing. Yeah, of you course. Know, and, it's, and I'm not in that boat of, I've got to try and please all the people all the time. It's literally, you know, if you feel it's right to have a, a Sunday morning where we just sing, we'll do that. If it's just where we just have coffee together, do that. And that's about sort of, I suppose, being led by the Holy Spirit rather than, 
having a set way of doing it. It helps having a set way of doing things. It's a lot easier. But if you're encouraging people to share, you, you have no idea. It's like this conversation. I had no idea where it's going. Yeah. To me, this is life-giving. I love it. Yeah. I hope you're all loving it. <laughs> if not, don't bother putting it on anywhere. But you know what I mean? And so this is the honest truth. Some Quite often on a Sunday morning, I just I dread going. Mm. I've said that to Jenny, and I'll, I'll say it openly, and I'll just stand there and just say, oh, I'm just not feeling this right. I just think I can't face another Sunday service. Perhaps it's the responsibility. Perhaps it's the... Sometimes I get into that mode where I think, oh, I've got to churn. I've, I've got to hear God this week. Mm. I've got to produce something. Uh, that everybody's expecting of it. Now, nobody does. It's in my head. Yeah. And then I'll go. And then people will share this and people will share that. And I go away. Just that this is the best job. This is the best place I could yeah. ever. This is the best church. I just absolutely love it. I wish you didn't have to wait seven more days for that. Another exactly. One yeah. And the next Sunday, I'll be exactly the same. Oh, it's church again. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? And it does energize me mm. uh, being with people and, and, you know, them all sharing and doing that. We never set out to do that. So are we pioneers? We're, we're certainly unique. Mm. And, uh, and it certainly scratches where a lot of people are beginning to itch or have been itching yeah. for a while just to go and, and find a place where you can express yourself and not be condemned. It's okay to have different beliefs. It's yeah. okay to uh, not be perfect. It's okay to... And then for me as a pastor, that's brilliant because I can stand up on a Sunday morning and say, I've just had enough. Yeah. Can you pray for me? I, or, you know, I'm just really struggling this week and no one bats an island because I'm not up here. Yeah. And, and I ain't, they all know me, you know, <laughs> you know, my faults, my failings, all of that. And I, I try and, you know, wear my heart on my sleeve as far as possible. Yeah. And, uh, so, and I, that's the wonderful thing about being there is that as much as I try and accept people there, wherever they're, they accept me as well. Yeah. And that's quite rare actually to find that place where you can just be. And I am a bit weird. I can be silly. I can go over the top. A number of times Jenny will just look at me and, you're going too far again, <laughs> and, I, and I'll know I am, and I can't stop. And I'll just—that's why going. I don't bring Philly with me when I come to your church. I don't want—I don't want that that knowing look of like Phil ringing yeah. in. I yeah, you've done it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but funny. yeah, to be accepted, it, it's, mm. it's 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 what we all want, isn't it? And yeah. uh, and I don't mind what people share. No one's going out to hurt each other. Yeah. I suppose that the things I really struggle with. It would be the the fundamentally if we had, and we, we've had people like that come, and and they don't stay because they do get really offended by what we're all yeah. about. And I will explain. So I'll just say, you know, this is kind of where we're at. Um, and uh, so perhaps it is a, and it's not just the Sunday meeting, you know. So we have one of my favourite meetings all week is the Bible study, mm. and I just love it because I do love, and it's not an intellectual study of it. It is a let's take this passage and. Right, what's standing out to us as we read it, and and uh, and we have, like I said, it's such a diverse church, but it's a small Bible study, and we have this uh, evangelical ex-evangelical pastor and his wife, and right. I've got him to lead it now because mm, he's fantastic, perfect. and he brings a wealth of knowledge mm. to the text and experience that I am got, and so I can bring my thoughts and feelings, but he brings this depth and and you know a good hand, and yeah, they'll be dif different on different levels, uh, some beliefs, but. Uh, it's really life-giving yeah. and I'm energized by that. So That's awesome. it, it, it's just, uh, and then we have, we have, we have coffee groups and we have going to the pub groups and, you know, 
guys getting together to watch football together groups and just doing yeah. life together but with that common thing of you know god doing it with us together and learning together and helping each other through the struggles and i think that's what's brought this yeah. you know churches in this well i'm not i don't know what other churches particularly are doing but you just got the the sense that pastors really anxious about the service being gone mm. You yeah. know, or the tithe not being there. I spent more time to just try and stop people giving. No, look after your own families. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. How do we set up a bank account? Don't just you know, and, and they insist on that. But um, you know, the whole thing of the, you know, the service is the high point, and I, and I get that for. Yeah. But it's not where we're at. I get for the the Catholics, the mass is the high point because of what they believe. Yeah. You know, if you believe, if I believe that 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 literally turned into the body and blood of Jesus. I would be yeah. gutted not to be have, have it every day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I understand it completely, and I, and I respect that. And a lot of me wishes I could believe that. You know, yeah, it would be, be nice. awesome. Yeah. It would be awesome to think, you know, to have that absolute conviction that you are literally consuming, <laughs> and it turned that inside you. That would be amazing. But I haven't. Yeah. And, and I can't help where I'm at. Yeah. And uh, and so I get that. I get those that need the the church service but for our folks what they've missed is is the fellowship the community yeah. no, and, and it uh, comes across it really comes across um, and it's so lovely so at the beginning sorry I, but just at the beginning of it all i was going around like a, a blue bottomed fly you know setting this up and making sure they're all right have you got the shopping and you know be the, the perfect pastor and you know all of this and I, I wanted to do it as well but it was like and i was like you know messaging people and everything okay and general text and this that and the other and i'm like oh yeah Anyway, then I'd go and visit somebody on my bike once we were allowed out for our exercise and I'd, I'd call on this old couple. Oh, yes, I've had some lovely texts this week of so-and-so and so-and-so. And, so and, so. and I realised that everybody in the church was like messaging each other wow. and encouraging each other and going to visit each other when they were allowed. That's and awesome. it was just, I was just like, oh, it shouldn't work, but it does. Yeah. You know, no, it's, it's that really feeling good. of, it's we've got everything from a sort of eight-year-old agnostic atheistic guy who comes because he just loves being with us. Yeah. Uh, but he doesn't get most of what I, he'll regularly tell me. So I, I disagree all the time with what you say on a Sunday, but uh, that's okay, isn't it? Of course it is, you know, uh, awesome. to the traveler girl, to that, you know, and it, it, it shouldn't work. Yeah. But, you know, it, it does. Yeah. It's interesting. How, so, um, uh, and forgive me, I'm a bit ignorant on your church structure yeah. or mm -hmm. how you're affiliated. Are, are you affiliated with a larger denomination or are you like a part of even, I'm assuming not part of the Evangelical Alliance? Or no, how, we kind of... Because you, like, you're talking about, you know, like, oh, we've got atheists, we've got this person that's yeah, evangelical, yeah. we've got this here. Yeah. We're mm -hmm. kind of like openly universalistic, but other people will not believe that in the church. It's quite yeah. all over the place. I can imagine yeah. I'd struggle if I went onto your website and went to the... Uh, you know what we believe section all the websites have like there's <laughs> would not be that. the usual list um, <laughs> yeah. if you had one. Like, do you have a look this is what we're about like you're welcome yeah. here but ultimately this is who we are or or do you kind of go like, no we're not even we that. don't know that like, that's, yeah yeah come come on I, I always remember going to a or oh, a bible week way back in the day it was called grapevine in england uh, based in lincoln i had some really great times there and uh, a guy called gerald coates was speaking okay yeah I know yeah, remember gerald coates yeah. yeah and i had a lot of time for him i just and he was again quite a radical quite a uh, outside the box thinker so i, I kind of warmed him but he always one said one thing that struck me way even way back in the day he said he said we've got it all wrong as a church he said we've always told you if you believe what we believe 
and behave in the way that we want you to behave, you can belong to us. That's always been the kind of subversive message of the church. If you believe what, accept our beliefs, mm. behave in the way we expect you to behave, then you can belong to us. And he said, it's got to be the other way around. Come, just come and belong to us. Mm. And once you feel safe and belonging, then you can explore your beliefs in that safe environment. And if God wants, you know, there's some behavior that's hurting you or hurting others, then that'll kind of, as you, as you feel loved, the need for, I'm a real believer that it's kind of most of our behaviors, it's kind of that absence of love from either, you know, childhood or presently or what have you. Mm. And if we feel loved and safe and accepted, then behavior just kind of follows on. And some of the behaviors that we used to condemn, I don't think God's that bothered about anyway. You know? yeah. um, so that thing of helping people to feel loved and safe and accepted by God, that's the constant message, if you like, from the front. Yeah. Um, less than the theology. We'll do the theology at time. I will drop it in my journey and, and et cetera, but that would come more in the, you know, the smaller group settings and we'll, we'll sure. chat about those things. But more relational. That's yeah. More relationally based than me standing at the front and saying, well, this is what, you know, um, because it, for me, it's more important that people know they're loved, accepted, safe, now, yeah. theology comes into that because if you come from that place of if I put a foot wrong, I'm going to burn in hell or if I, you know, God's going to give me a, a disease if I'm not performing well, then obviously you need to address those. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes that's better on a one-on-one -on -one thing, you know, in a, not a counselling thing, but just a, hey, you know, you're really anxious about that. What, where do you think that's come from? You know, yeah. and, and possibly it is a faulty belief that they've got or a, mm. a, a, I call it an unhelpful belief. Uh, so just that constant message of love and acceptance and grace. I'm a, it's funny, <laughs> that extreme grace thing, I used to rail against that completely okay. and really bought into the, uh, you know, oh, it's just absolute nonsense, this extreme grace thing. There has to be repentance. There has to be, you know, all of this. And it's, it's cheap grace, this extreme grace. Uh, until I had a really powerful God experience that mm. I kind of knew what it was all about then, and uh, which I could tell you, but it would. <laughs> yeah. That's so really how do we get to there from uh, the <laughs> Oh, yeah. So we were affiliated to, you know, so then it, it, things like that just said, right, um, this is the path we're on. It's yeah. an unknown path, and I don't know where it leads, but I'm kind of happy on that. And that was what yeah. we always said to the church. Uh, we heard a prophecy many, many years ago that God was going to, there were two paths opening up to the church and one was the unknown path a bit like um what's his name is it frost uh, going through the wood take the path less traveled okay yeah, and yeah. uh and the other one was the known path and yeah. it'll be with it'll be on both legs you know yeah god has not left the church you know, he's there but he's on the unknown path and that's kind of the path that yeah. he's led me down and therefore people who are with me yeah. on this journey and it is an un unknown path we don't mm. know where it's going but, you know, so it's, so the affiliations we have, so we don't fit anywhere. And that's the thing yeah, I found that's the loneliness was. Because it's I not go. just a lonely path for an individual deconstruction, but mm. I imagine as a church that kind of on some level is exploring new ideas or not being at least willing to go, whoa, whoa, whoa. yeah, we'll, we'll tick these boxes yeah. so that we fall into at least this broader group or like, I mean, just simple things. Like if you want to get funding for a food bank. Well, actually that's yeah. going to go through this group of uh, churches yeah. together or this or that yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Like you have to fit in sometimes to, to fit in. Yeah. Um, and so I, I can imagine it might be 
quite lonely. Yeah. That, that was my first thought in asking that question of like, that it seems like a very tight knit group. And I, I know from my experience, mm. it's a very tight knit group, the yeah. church, that mm. we can be very big on unity, mm. Mm. Um, but we can turn on individuals and even other churches. And, and that yeah, was, yeah. I guess, my, my wonder of like, yeah. Do you find yourself because I, I I know other pastors are going to listen to this, especially by right, yeah, yeah, probably going to title this the pastor that's yeah. deconstructed and is still a pastor or something like that. I'll <laughs> Against, something Against all the odds, maybe you should uh, come up with a wittier uh, title for me. Um, but I can imagine a lot of pastors because I speak to a lot of pastors that are deconstructing, mm. and most of them are going, "Well, I guess there's no future for me because I'm not right, going to be yeah, able yeah. to still mm. do this thing that I love. I'm yeah. going to have to go and God, who knows, become an accountant or retrain for something or whatever." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. Uh, but it, I, I think it should almost come with a cursory warning of like, yes, there is an option on the other side, but yeah. it's going but it to be costs. Yeah. Yeah. Tough mm -hmm. on some level. I, I, I can't imagine yeah. your best friends with the Baptist, yeah. Methodist, charismatics, you know, all these other ones that kind of largely tick yeah. most of the boxes and are looking for people to tick. Yeah. Do you know what? It's funny because we kind of are. And what stopped me in the past was my very judgmental attitude towards <laughs> Church of England Methodist Catholic. Mm. So, uh, I mean, obviously, the, the difficult thing was like, I'll, like, so in the early days, we'd, I'd, I'd go and, and because I wanted a relationship with it, and I'd go, but, and I'd love, so we'd go to a conference, three day conference, say organized by partners and armies, what have you, and I would love, lunchtime mm. because you'd sit and you'd have conversations with guys and, and really share heart and then because <clears throat> i was just fed up of services you yeah. know and it'd be like oh not again <laughs> you know and, and I, I i just struggled in that whole conference environment but come lunchtime or coffee time yeah you could sit one-on-one -on -one with people that you're seeing and and i realized that that was the heart that was really life-giving yeah and then going into a service where you're kind of somebody was preaching and telling you what to believe oh that's, that's not where i'm at anymore so that was the lonely bit and then feeling i've got it wrong and i'm you know leading a bunch of people into wrongness and so uh, but then you start to come across guys like yourself uh martin this online positive and you realize it's happening worldwide yeah um so that gave a lot of strength and encouragement as well um but also part of, like um through the father heart stuff mm. um i i've been traveling around europe a bit as part of the ministry team with a guy who uh texts this message of the father's love to uh, eastern uh, mainly Eastern Europe, Slovakia, Croatia, Bosnia, etc. So, so that's been good. So there's uh, a good kind of, but then he's not where I'm at now either. Mm. So that's been a difficult one kind of, yeah. and, and you go and I've, that's the hard thing. It's kind of seen desperately wanting to be able to buy into that because you love the guys, but just thinking, it's just not where my heart's at. And so I, I understand people who are in our church, who are, and, and, and it's happened, you know, and someone said, do you know what, it's just, I feel God moving me on. It's not quite where my heart's at. And it is, you know, heartbreaking because you've walked a journey with them. But I want to, I understand where they're at because that's how I felt. So yeah. I can say, well, we, we just want to bless you on your journey and encourage you. That's what families do, isn't it? You know, if my son was living at home with me forever, I'd be like, yeah, on one level it'd be great, but on the other one, you want to see him explore and have his own yeah. journey and his own stuff. So I'm aware that'll happen. Uh, so we, we have got a really good relationship with um, with different churches in the town. So we do okay, stuff together, well. and that's kind of based because it's relational mm. and it's not theological. So uh, 
we have got together and so they all, the whole aim is encouraging each other on their journey so I think now the ability to meet people where they're at and hopefully understand where they're at a bit more not expect them to be at where I'm at yeah and not try and try and get them to where I'm at because that may never happen sure but be able to say yeah you know where you're at let's let's see the common ground mm. don't get it right all the time and everybody's quite busy but I'm pretty sure that evangelical and pentecostally we've probably got a really bad reputation locally yeah <laughs> i think i haven't to be honest i'm not that bad yeah <laughs> I think, I mean, we did have a we did have a we did have somebody leave quite sadly actually and uh, and i i knew this person had been struggling for ages with how we did things and the theology and and it's somebody who'd come from a, a 40 years of of steep Pentecostalism, uh, mm. old school Pentecostalism, coupled with various childhood issues. So everything was stacked against them. And so everything that we're about, and and it, it was, it just didn't work. I mean, they were with us for years and I always hoped mm. the light's gonna come on, you know, and, and love them and really struggling. And I just kind of said one day, I said, look, I just know you're struggling with all of this and 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 some of the people who are coming in are a bit wacky and uh and i said so look we're a family and so and it was a sunday morning in particular and so i said why not kind of find a somewhere where you're perhaps more comfortable on sunday morning uh a pentecostal service but you're still part of the family so come to all the other stuff like Bible study and, and all of those things yeah. which were you know uh but perhaps you know if you're struggling on a Sunday find that but so I thought I was doing a really good thing don't you you know <laughs> I thought this is loving this person completely I know you're struggling and I'm not saying leave the chair <laughs> I'll perish the thought I was just saying look you know we're more fluid than that yeah so find a service that more suits you if you want if you want an hour preaching from the Bible which some do you know yeah. bless you uh, but you're not, we're never going to go really that unless something radical changes. That's not what we're about here. So find that. But then you, you're still a part of us. So come to all the other stuff that we do, the, the art class that you do, the, the Bible study, the soaking nights, the what have you. And we need to be a bit more fluid about this. But what this person heard was leave the church. Wow. <laughs> so and that, and that really hurt, you know, because I've gone out of my way to, and I even yeah. sent a letter afterwards saying, I know you think this, but. Can I just tell you again? That's not what I meant. It's not what I yeah. said. It's not what I feel at all. Uh, but obviously, where I got round that Ems of the Christian Fellowship tells people to leave the oh, church. Right. <laughs> like, oh, no, you, that's a common thing that most churches probably tell yeah. people to do occasionally anyway. So that's most it, yeah, people but, that heard that probably thought, well, yeah, but it's a church. I <laughs> know. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So, so I don't get it right all the time. Or if I do, it's sometimes misinterpreted. Yeah. But as long as people know that's never our heart and it is to be a safe yeah. place. And I, so that it hurts if people don't feel yeah. it is safe, you know. But so in terms of other churches, yeah, we got to do some stuff, but I suppose the relationship with the community is the strongest one that we have. Mm. Um, and, and in this uh, crisis, that's been even more strengthened. So a lot of people have, you know, we've found a lot of people not coming to church. It's not about that, but uh, um, uh, so we're now running a food bank from the church. And it's a little community group that's got together and they contacted me. And, and so 
again and it's just getting out of this idea that the church is this little group of people that meet together on a and have, have professed a faith you know yeah. so for me the, the boundaries are more open it's wide so i'll so, encourage anybody and now my heart i suppose really is just to encourage other people's things a lot of time church it's, it's kind of right we've got this vision and we're going to build this and in order to build this we need your time your money yeah your blah 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 so you buy into my vision as a church yeah. and and that's always been this kind of traditional model if you like especially among evangelical charismatic churches and so you give your life to yes to jesus but whatever that means but the church as well and for me it's the other way around it's kind of so we don't have a vision we don't have a plan we don't have anything like that it's just to it's well the individuals who come to the church and meet up with us or people that we come across in the community well how can we support you to you know build a kingdom together awesome. so just because someone's not professing a faith in jesus doesn't mean to say they're not helping the poor and the needy yeah. sometimes much better than we did as a church and yeah. so we can't do everything so we'll encourage you and help you and you can use our building to do that yeah. so it's the walls are down now really that's and that's part of this whole deconstruction journey to accept yeah. and love others and encourage them whatever persuasion well, it feels like you've got rid of like, you know, describing that like, oh, we've got this vision, we're going to start a food bank or host mm. the homeless or whatever, and, and we need your money, your time, your whatever. Mm. But we miss out the main thing. Right? And mm. most people don't, to be fair, give them credit where credit's due. They, they're very mm. open about what their purpose is. Mm. This is not to feed people that are hungry. This is it's, to get people saved. It, we're yeah. feeding and people so yeah. we can. And it's the same, yeah. you know, it's, it's mm. like the... Uh, the people in the street in the high-vis jackets that are going to try and get you to sign up to give to Oxfam or something. And you, Ooh, you know, you know, you spot yeah. them and you're like, oh, I know your agenda. Yeah. I know you don't. And they're like, hi, yeah. how's your day? And you're like, you do yeah. not care about how my day is at no. all. You want yeah. me to sign this thing so yeah. I can, and bless them, they're doing their work and they've got a <laughs> yeah. hard job. I wouldn't want to do it. No. Um, but it is that thing of like, oh, I can tell there's an ulterior motive here. Even the person, yeah. you know, I, I used to do like soup kitchen and stuff like that. And, and I used to hate doing it because I genuinely mm. felt like these people know the reason I'm here is not because yeah. I want to feed them, not because I care. Mm. And I did on one level, but on another mm. level, I was there to get their eternal souls saved or, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and when you've got that worldview, I mean, hats off, it's a very yeah. honorable thing on some level. Yeah, yeah. But on a flip side, when you come out of it, you're like, this just feels really oh, perverse in a bit. Yeah. Um, I just, so as you were saying that, and I'm, I'm fascinated because we mentioned Martin and, and Martin is one of my favorite people because he's so yeah, yeah. funny. He's so militant. Yeah. We talked about it. It's like he is passionate <laughs> about this yeah. is a belief I see as toxic, you know, so we could maybe use mm. that as an example of like, yeah. you know, a church running a soup kitchen to an end, mm. an ulterior motive yeah. or whatever. And, yeah, yeah. Um, mm. and, and that might be maybe one of the least kind of toxic things. Cause it's like, mm. well, at the end of the day, people are getting fed, who cares? Let them do it for <laughs> yeah. a bad reason. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. that thing of like, well, if they're not, you know, if they're still doing something nice, fine, yeah. it's better than like doing something yeah. for a terrible motive. And it's a terrible yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but Martin is very outspoken um about this is a toxic belief we need to get mm. rid of this belief we need to find yeah. i mean he'll go into a facebook group called you know mm. like uh, i don't know we hate free will yeah. christians or i don't know yeah, and he'll yeah. go in and go i'm a free will christian yeah. let's do this you know and yeah, it just yeah, has a yeah. royal rumble yeah. with like a yeah, group yeah. of three thousand people or something um, or you know he'll join the the facebook group that's like eternal yeah. conscious torment is the only way to read the bible and he'll join it yeah. and then have a fight yeah. with six thousand people yeah, and i'm yeah, like yeah. martin how do you have the strength for this mm. he's like no but this is hurting mm. people people yeah. are hurt and, mm. and it causes some profound hurt long term mm. um and i think this is what 
sparked my thought of this um, the movement that's starting um, the Do Better Church. And it's calling right. the church and going, look, mm. there's some of these beliefs, your belief yeah. about homosexuality, your belief yeah. about trans mm. people, your belief about hell. Mm. It's causing phenomenal hurt. We're causing mm. uh, one of the things they were talking about recently was um, uh, mm. this, this uh, wonderful person that committed suicide because mm. they went to their priest and said, Hey, I'm gay. I think they were 14 yeah. and said, I'm gay. And they were like, Well, bury that right down. Never talk about this mm. to anyone. Don't tell your parents. Don't tell your friends, or they'll know like wow. that you're evil and wrong. Mm. And maybe you can work to change that. And, yeah. and I don't know the full extent of the mm. story, but ultimately she mm. I, I think it was about a decade later committed suicide oh, yeah, because yeah, of all yeah. this stuff yeah. um and that is not rare suicide rates in the church mm. of um people that are lgbtq versus suicide mm. rates of people who are not in the church who are lgbtq yeah. sevenfold mm. you're seven, seven times wow. more likely to commit suicide um and so we look at that and you go yeah maybe do better mm. church is a solid hashtag there you know mm. like, that sounds yeah. like a good call yeah, um, yeah. And, and so i guess that's something that is in my mind of like, you seem to be aware mm. of some of these beliefs that really were holding you back were hurting mm. you. You've helped people that have gone on these journeys. Mm. Um, you're friends with someone like Martin, who's like, I'm going to change yeah, the yeah. world. This cannot keep yeah, going yeah. on as a, as a church, as a community, mm. as a leader, do you feel that kind of pull to be, um, and, and, and as someone that was such an ardent evangelist mm. as well, do you feel yeah, this yeah. call to try and help people change or do you, how do you approach mm. that? Cause I think there's different models as well. I, 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 yeah, I yeah. probably take mm. a, uh, in some areas and context, mm. I am quite aggressive and go after things in other areas. I'm very much like yeah. people are going to change when they're going to change and you know, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. how, yeah. how do you guys kind of like go about that? Is that something that you're, yeah. you actively try and, you know deconstruct these kind of concepts for people and help people yeah. on that journey or what does that look like for you guys do you know what i, I don't I, i've never set out i don't need to actively do it. occasionally i will you know and it's just sometimes you this thing comes on you and you just say i'm gonna have a go at that because it is yeah. you feel mad about it you know and mm. you, you do it but i think uh i suppose most of the time my my especially when you're trying to you know doing a lot with people who have no church background whatsoever you know and uh and it's just, I suppose, listening to where they're at. I remember one preacher said, uh, got everybody in the room to say, right, who, who here believes Jesus is the answer? And they all banged hand up, good Christians. And he says, right, what's the question? <laughs> they're all like, what do you mean? Well, what's the question? And he said, well, you all go out there and telling people Jesus is the answer or uh, this, 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 this. But people aren't asking that question. Mm. You know, so find out what questions they are asking, yeah. where they're at, and, and move them from that place. So somebody who comes in, uh, like you know, uh, agnostic eight-year-old uh, guy who comes in and he, he is lonely and he, he he wants a cup of coffee and he's got no one to talk to. Uh, but a very intelligent guy, loves to chat and uh, and that's what he wants. He wants community to belong to. At this moment in time, initially he doesn't care about God. God doesn't exist for him, uh, and so. And I always remember the Aesop's fable as well, the, you know, the, the old story, the sun and the wind, you know that one, don't you, where mm -hmm. they have a competition so you can blow this guy's coat off. Who's the first to take his coat off and the wind comes, I'll do it, no problem. And he blows and blows and blows and the, the harder he blows, the more the guy just wraps the coat around himself. And then the sun comes, just gently warms the guy and oof, takes it off. And there's quite a nice lesson in that. It's mm. not always works. Sometimes people will respond to the 
it's just knowing when and how. So, I mean, the, the our agnostic friend, so he just said, you know, so, now I want you to know, he said, I'm an atheist. Uh, he brought his daughter initially to, to, to church, uh, messy church we're doing, a little kids thing. He said, I want you to know, he pulled me to one side. So I want you to know, Ollie, um, I'm an atheist. And he said, um, so, but I want to ask you a question. He said, uh, and, and you are never, ever going to convert me. I want you to know that straight away. I said, well, that's great because that takes pressure off me and, <laughs> and I don't want to anyway. And he said, but he said, there's something about your place that I enjoy. Mm. I enjoy coming to it. And so I would like to keep coming, but I don't want to be a hypocrite. And I know you're a church. I want you to know that I'm never going to be converted. I said, we don't want you just come and enjoy mm. our company. And, uh, and that's it. And if you try and convert that guy and try and, you know, so tell me about your beliefs, mm. uh, you know, right, let me, let me, let me argue you out of that belief. So you say you're an atheist, but well, here's a list of why, yeah. well, he'd have gone, I reckon. Yeah. Sort of a couple of months into being with us, he, he shares one Sunday, he said, I was, uh, I was in a uh, local town and gone to visit uh, somebody and, uh, and I found myself outside the church and uh, I was just praying and, and I was saying, whew, you've got to say, hang on a minute, you were what? You were praying and talking. And just very gradually, he's just slipping into this relationship. And then he, again, he was just sharing, I was in the house and he, he sort of worried about his memory and this and the other and something had happened. And he, he kind of said, I, I shook my hand at the big bell. I said, you're having a laugh with me, aren't you? And, and he felt the answer come back. Of course I am so you know and it's, it's suddenly he's hearing bits yeah. from God and I, that shouldn't work you know and uh, but that was right for him others need that cut and thrust off but yeah. for him that was the right approach and I think that's probably the right approach for most just let them come yeah. and belong and and meet them where they're at so if they're struggling you'll know if someone's struggling because they'll be emotionally wrought about something generally you know it's cognitive behavioral therapy and you know your emotions are often based on not always but often based on a faulty thinking so when you come across that you can sit down with somebody and say so what 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 are your thoughts about that mm. and it's non-threatening and that um whether it's I mean, mine loves it, doesn't he? I does, don't. I hate, and it, I hate confrontation. Success, right? I mean, yeah, it's he does, not yeah. every person he talks to by any means, no. but he does have success. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, and it's dang, a gifting. And it's coming. like, you yeah. know, well, like the Apostle Paul, he went, help, like, you know, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that was him, you know. But, <laughs> and one of the day, like, Ryan Bonky, that was him, you know, it's not me. And I think you just have to enjoy being us. Yeah. And, uh, and like you said earlier, I think what people most dislike is hypocrites who are, mm -hmm. and they can sense when someone's got an ulterior motive and thing with mine, no ulterior motive, you'll, you'll see, yeah. I'm, I'm going to tell you, you know, and, uh, but Martin's also got that capacity to do it one-on-one -on -one in a, yeah. a gentle way as well, you know, and people who are genuinely seeking, it'll, it'll help them. Yeah. For me, it's, I, I, I'll do that, but I've never purposely gone out to think because for me, yeah. Yeah. Good question. You've got me. No, I've never thought about that. It's, it's, it's and intriguing I've never, to how different people yeah. approach it. The approach has always been to try and draw out of people what's in there, if you like, yeah. um, and to just encourage people that, yeah, you can hear from God, you are loved. And, uh, and because we're a small fellowship, if we were a fellowship of like 500 or something like that, it would be very different. You'd have to have yeah. like a set service. So being small is really good on that because it's all, 
you can do that. You can on a Sunday morning, you can have any number of people sharing and you know what have you and going with the flow. If you're a bigger church, you can't do that. Yeah. Or you're not set up for that. And, um, so it works for us. Yeah. And I suppose I'm more of that. I think <laughs> I suppose what I base it on was that when I became a pastor, I basically had no idea what I was doing. And it will surprise you to know, I still have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> Genuinely, I don't. I haven't got a clue. And, uh, but the pastor before me, he, like, he could do everything. He was a trained counsellor. Right. He, you know, he'd been a pastor for, in this church and that church. And you know, everybody looked to him. You know, he was a Big strong guy. <laughs> yeah, his faith was just like, you know, unshakable. He was the, like the opposite of me. <laughs> Quite what you saw in me. Only God knows. And, uh, uh, and when I first became a pastor, I ran around like a headless chicken trying to be him. Mm. I genuinely did, and I like I, I had to fix anybody's problems, and uh, then we were struggling. I thought, oh, I'm going to counsel you, even though I had no idea, no counselling training, and this, that, and the other. And uh, oh, it was not working at all. It took me about two years to realise that a I wasn't him, and b uh, there are other ways of doing it, <laughs> other than traditional models. Like sure. I kept the church exactly like you know initially. Before. And that's part of honouring as well, isn't it? You know, you, and and kept it like Toronto might have wanted it. You know, with you know various bits and bobs. And then eventually, you realise, no, I'm me. You know, and we're us. And uh, and then gradually over a period of kind of not burnout, but just thinking, oh, this is rubbish. I'm not helping. It. And it was like I just stopped trying. And it was like the less I, this sounds weird, but the less I it sounds really lazy. But yeah, it's, it's great. It was like the less I did the more I saw God doing. Mm. And it was as if, and then, and then it was like, people would just be coming and saying, you know, really struggling with different things. And then they'd just come and they'd say, oh yeah, just this happened. Or, you know, I was just watching something like this on telly and, and, and that happened. Or this other pastor, I went to this meeting and, and that was sorted out. And initially I was like, what do you mean you went to another meeting? And, <laughs> <laughs> well, and it was like, well, I can't help the other people. And then I just thought, yeah, God, the less I did, it was like, and then I'd take the reins up again. And it was yeah. as if God's activity stopped. I know it sounds really weird, and, and it, it wasn't like that. It was like the more I tried to influence people and do that, it was as if, I, almost in my mind's eye, I could see God standing back with a smile on his face, a benevolent, loving smile <laughs> to his little boy. Okay, you get on with it, and I'll, I'm here when you come to the end of it again <laughs> and it was like that I'd, 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 I'd take the reins again I'd be like trying to do that and trying to do that and trying to start that up and trying to start that up this ain't working okay <laughs> I'm gonna do nothing and then it'd be like <laughs> and so that's been a bit of the journey as well yeah. and but that's me just kind of learning if you like to uh stand back and just let God do it because he knows better than I mean, he's done it in my life. He knew exactly the right time to give me that encounter, yeah. bring that person to me, uh, bring that bit of scripture to life, uh, you know, all of those things. So why is he not doing it with... And he is. Mm. It's sometimes I get in the way of that. <laughs> and I try yeah, and help yeah, yeah. too much and, and try and convince people that their beliefs are, whatever it might be. When Father's just thinking, what's the point? I'm going to give them an encounter tomorrow, which is going to blow them out of the water. <laughs> so you're wasting your breath, son, at the moment. Yeah, you know. Uh, but my that's just, and I always said, this is just me. You know, mm -hmm. this is just me. 
Uh, and uh, and so I, I admire guys like Matt who can do that. I, I don't like confrontation. I, you know, never have done really, I suppose, more of a peacemaker or a coward, one of the two. And I, I just don't. I just don't. And uh, I'll do it if necessary, but I shy away from it completely. So yeah. I'd rather let God do it all because he's better than me. Yeah. Do you <laughs> and that sounds real cop-out, doesn't no, no, it? No, it's but... really, really good. <laughs> Would you say a lot of your church has joined you on your journey? Or do you think that there's... Because I know you've talked about people being in different places and that's just yeah. natural, even for people that are deconstructing. I mean, I, I run yeah, a yeah. deconstruction mm. network and it's like, okay, everyone that's deconstructing, yeah. jump on this one website and then you realize, bloody hell, you're all different and none of you can make friends with each other. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Everyone's different anyway. But yeah. um, would, would you say a lot of your, your congregation have kind of come on that journey with you? I would say, yeah, because it, I mean, it's such a, like I said, it's such a lovely yet bizarre mix of people. So there are quite a lot that just are not interested in theology at all. You know, mm. the, you know, sort of the, where am I going when I'm going to die? What did the cross mean? Uh, you know, is tithing New Testament appropriate? Right. Uh, they just don't care. Um, but where is God in my everyday life? That's important to them. You sure. know, I'm struggling. I need people to pray with me or whatever. So there's kind of, that who, who don't really bother too much about the theology, and that tends to be more those who've never come from a church background. It doesn't matter as much to them. Uh, and then you've got those who, and I would say the majority of the core group who've been with from the beginning of my journey of deconstruction, almost, apart from the one person that left, and the other one that left, but in a good way. Mm. It just and, and it was more, they just felt that Father was leading them on a new adventure, put it like that. So mm. still great friends and you know, connect with each other and blah, blah, blah. So I would say they were the, the sort of two. Wow. But, but one, it wasn't so much not going on the journey. It was more or less, I just feel a call to another adventure that's not here type thing. Uh, and then, so possibly newer ones that have come like this, uh, past a couple we've not really sat down with them and said where are you at with it all because it don't yeah. matter it really don't matter i i love them i think they love me i get so much from them wisdom wise and their heart to serve the church is just incredible mm. and sometimes it feels like if you sit down and have a discussion on theology with them the dangers of ruining that relationship and i'd rather have a relationship with them yeah than get into a theological debate on ensure things. we're on the same page or yeah because yeah. it doesn't matter I, yeah you know and, and jenny like my wife you know mm. uh, I'm, I'm doing that as if she sat there no she isn't <laughs> the ethereal <laughs> wife <laughs> the ethereal wife yes. it's like um del boy you never saw his wife yeah. did you for your american listeners del boy was a uh, british uh, <laughs> sitcom star um her indoors and uh and there'll be things that i you know, believe and are convinced of that she might not. Mm. But who cares? We love each other, you know. Yeah. And 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 I think for me that that trumps everything. Yeah, it really does. A community of love, and uh, we can get too. Yeah, there are the, and yeah, there are theologies that really are harmful. You know, hugely. Harmful. I've experienced them, and uh, and obviously, I want people to. I want people to be free. If I could say anything, if you cut me open, it was for freedom that Christ set us free, not to be subject to the slavery of theology. And it can be a, a it can be a freeing thing. It can be a slavery. 
deconstructed theology can be a slavery as much as mm. ordinary, you know, theology, if you like. Uh, if it if it binds you and then sets you against and makes you judge somebody else who hasn't got to where you are, that could be sure. just as harmful. It's just as, the other as, side as, of the same coin. It's just sense. the other side of the same coin, really. Yeah, and uh, and that's probably my guilty thing over the years of doing this because sometimes when you're feeling alone and you're feeling uh, it, it, it's natural to try and make yourself feel better by pulling down somebody else's belief systems. I get that, and I, I've done it, and I continue to do it. Like I'll, I'll sometimes denigrate another church because they're not like ours, and that's usually when I'm not feeling great about myself. Or mm. that that is the reality, and it's a, a human thing to um, pull something else down to make yourself feel better. But uh, uh, and, and and that's not helpful. You know, it, it's not because we're all. We're not all in the same boat, somebody said, but we are all in the same sea. Mm. And uh, and everyone does it differently. Everyone's had different revelations. I'm only here where I am because God's shown me things. And if he's not shown others things, and I've never understood why. You know, he seems to be showing loads of people all these same things. Yeah. I mean, I'm in contact with people from East New York. And they're thinking, oh, you're getting this kind of stuff as well. And they're saying, well, you know, how have you got to this point? And... And it seems to be happening worldwide, and yet others stay entrenched. And I've never understood mm. why. And sometimes it is that once you're in a system that keeps you like I was, to break out of that and to have the courage to say, you know, I just don't believe that anymore. I, I, I can't get that. It's quite hard. Um, what were we on about? <laughs> well, it was, it was a very uh, multifaceted approach to, uh, to us talking about, like, yeah how much oh yeah so yeah things like abuse so love and, and relationship key. things and yeah yeah so That's love and relationship good. key um and obviously now the twain on me i mean i say martin martin will come up with some stuff and i'm like what <laughs> whoa that's too much oh that's uh but usually it's god i've not come across that before sure and i think then you've got two options haven't you you either just say well he's a wacko or he's a heretic or well that's you know uh or you go wow that's interesting i love to learn you know mm, that's interesting yeah. i'll have a look at that i'll yeah. i'll see about that and whatever it is even if i end up disagreeing i love the guy we have fun together we yeah. and i respect his journey yeah. even if it's going to be always going to be slightly but his journey is going to be slightly different yeah. but it's about you know being together and just Oh, if you if you say you've got it all right, just pack in now. You know, yeah, we some of the stuff I believe now. I, you know, I might not in. I, I can't see myself going back. Yeah. I really, you know, and all the way along this journey, I've always said, I've always had this kind of prayer. Look, if if this is all rubbish, you've got to show me. Mm. My heart is not right. I decide one day, right, I'm going to throw all that out the water, and now I'm going to embrace this because this sounds like fun. It's never been like that. It's always been a and measured, you know, well, you've got to show me. If you're real, you've got to show If this is real, show me. Right, I've got that revelation. You, you're giving me this thought, but I'll weigh that up. So it's not just been a gung-ho. Right, scrap all that. Let's embrace all of that. Um, and uh, and I've always prayed that, you know, if I'm wrong, not that it's right and wrong, but, you know, if I'm, yeah, yeah. If I'm believing some real rubbish here and it's harmful for me and my walk with God and the people that I'm with, then just show me, you know, yeah. Give me some alternative. You know, many times I've prayed, I don't want all of this. It's too much hassle. You know, I'd love to go back to, but then I wouldn't and I couldn't. No, I know. It was. It's impossible. You know, it? you can't, can you? But there'll be things, I'll, 
and I've always said that there'll be things I'll have more encounters and more experience of God that'll make me realize oh I had a really narrow view of God back in 2020 yeah. <laughs> remember when you talked to Phil Drysdale you were saying that yeah. well fuck. You go back How and listen was to that? this and watch this and be like, oh, God, yeah. why did I say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Oh, no. <laughs> As someone that puts that material on the internet forever, yeah. trust yeah. me I, when I understand that. Yeah. <laughs> but, if, but as long as we always say, look, this is where I'm at now, and it Absolutely. is. And I remember you saying that, and it was Absolutely. great. And I warmed to that because, yeah, we're, we're on a journey and it's fluid. Yeah. You know, it really is. And, and if I know everything there is to know about God now, and if I know all the theology there is to know now. And if I've got my interpretation of scripture exactly right, right now, oh, come on. Well, that's yeah. it. If this is it. Yeah. If this is it, well. <laughs> so I'll there's always the flying spaghetti monster group, actually, <laughs> yeah, after yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's yeah. the end point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's it. Uh, so that's, that's, that's my heart. It's always been. Wonderful. Not, never asked for any of this, yeah. ever. Well, and it's just it's come to me and it's we're just going with it that's usually it the best to. type of person to put in charge of anything is the person that doesn't <laughs> want it so <laughs> that's what god was waiting for the uh the oh i'm never going to be a pastor he's like god found yeah. one excellent oh, found yeah. two. Uh, that's awesome well ollie thank you so much for spending so much time chatting it's been uh, really great you know what phil love really this i was really it. nervous i don't do this you know i never preach and never teach it's just like odd sharing in there so i've loved sharing with you I really yeah, have. it's been absolutely fantastic you should do it more well, we should have you on at another point and we'll, we'll not just talk your story we'll just banter about who knows what yeah uh, that'd, that'd be, be really great fun. actually Sorry. i can't wait to see you in person again we'll fix up a time for you yeah to yeah, yeah. once we're allowed to be uh hanging yeah. out it'll be good to see you again yeah. i'll come over we can meet at ikea and have a have a breakfast together oh, or something like what. that that sounds Oof. good sounds yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right love you my friend well catch you yeah later, you yeah. too man yeah all bless right. you see you Phil. All right, so that was Ollie Hall. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. What a fantastic uh, guy. What a lovely guy. Um, he was quite nervous about doing this. He hadn't done a podcast before, and I think you would agree with me that he did a great job. I, I absolutely love the conversation. Um, really fascinating uh, journey, very unique journey for a pastor to be able to go through deconstruction, take people with him, um, and still be deconstructing, and, and still be a pastor, sorry. Um, very, very unique, um, and uh, maybe not for everyone, but really fascinating because i know a lot of us that deconstruct still would like community still would like that dynamic uh, a place to explore spirituality and faith um, and it's amazing what ollie's doing there at uh, hemsworth uh, christian fellowship uh, if you want to check out hemsworth christian fellowship you obviously if you're ever in yorkshire you can go and go along to a meeting i will give you the website it's hcf springs dot org dot uk that note uh that'll be in the show notes um so you can check that out it's probably a good way to connect with ollie as well you can email him through that and stuff like that um i'm sure he'd love to hear any feedback from you and uh if you love the podcast please do drop him an email and let him know um obviously if you're ever in the area he would love to see you pop by and and see what uh deconstructing church might look like um for anyone that's interested in that and if you are in the kind of north of england um i'm usually at hemsworth kind of once a year or so maybe twice a year um so keep an eye out on my itinerary as well because uh you may well want to uh kind of come to something that i'm doing that's a great place to kind of be sure that at some point at least when we're not in the middle of a uh, coronavirus at some point i'll be there um and so do check out my itinerary and keep an eye on that um for when i start traveling again 
For now, that's all. If you are deconstructing and you want to connect with other people that are deconstructing, the deconstructionnetwork.com is a great resource to find other people going through the same thing locally. Um, and thegracecourse.com is a great way to connect um, uh, just with what I'm all about, my teaching, my resources. I provide lots of resources. Everything's for free, but resources on hell, on different Bible topics, on different philosophical topics. Um, on some human psychology and all sorts of different stuff. It's all over there at thegracecourse.com. And you can support what I'm doing by becoming a a partner, uh, kind of a Patreon over at thegracecourse.com as well, if you would like. But as I said, everything is for free. There's there's never a requirement for any any payment or or gift um, for you to enjoy what I'm doing. Um, Yep, I think that's all. Um, Do you know, connect with me if you're not following me on Instagram and all that good stuff. Um, we're doing weekly Q and A's. We, we do daily chats via DM and on the comments and stuff. And so follow me on Instagram. It's Phil Drysdale. Uh, I'm on Facebook, but a lot less, uh, uh, active there. It's Phil Drysdale ministries, a little throwback to my good old days in, in ministry. Um, but yeah, that's all for now. And I'll uh, see you in the next episode.